0: Hey, everybody. Just wanted to pop in before we get into the actual episode. Uh, For those of you who may have heard us talking about chapter markers for all of these weeks, but your podcast player does not embed them into the show, you can now check the show notes for an entire list of all the chapter markers so if you want to jump around the show or if you want to avoid spoilers for a part or whatever uh, that is now available in the show notes so I just wanted to get out on top because we do eventually start talking about spoilers uh, for a part in Elden Ring later so if that could be helpful for you I hope that you take advantage of it all right thank you let's get into the show Hello, everybody, and welcome to Synchronous, a video game zeitgeist show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And I finally got the fucking intro right. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, if you, this is your first uh, episode. Hello, welcome. Uh, normally we talk about games that we have not played before that people have told us to play. But now, until the middle of so December-ish, uh, we're playing games from this year or games that we have played this year uh, that weren't the main asynchronous stuff. So that hence the name change. Thank you. I'm glad you get it. As we have on every episode, we got a couple guests on today uh, from the press start podcast we've got noah and
1: tori hey welcome
0: welcome
2: hello. hello
1: i've been trying hard really 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 hard enough to like giggle before you said our names
0: oh
2: so that-
1: no <laughs> uh, i guess I, we should have told you beforehand
0: you're allowed to exist before we uh invoke, oh, okay.
3: invoke <laughs> Sorry. We have it existing. well it's too late now <laughs> uh
0: thank you uh, both so much for coming on the show do you want to give a little pitch for press start? We'll talk about it
1: at the end also, but yeah, Tori, you want to, you want to lead the way on that?
4: Yeah, sure. So press start is a podcast where two journalists who are not gaming journalists, but are journalists (sighs) who happen to game break down uh, what's going on in the latest news in the gaming world. And then we also talk about what we've been playing. So it's a mix of that. We also do episodes where we interview people um, and we do episodes where we both play a game and we both talk about it in the case of, percent of three that was like 10 episodes but um yeah that's that's what we're about
1: yeah uh we've had some fun people in the show too we've had a couple of we've had at least one game dev we've had a couple of games journalists we've had people who are totally outside the realm of games but are very vocal about how much they love them and so it's Mm -hmm. it's a good time we've also got right now we're trying to push we're doing a sign up thing for a Mm -hmm. holiday video game gift exchange which all the details are on our social media and we're on twitter and we'll plug the further details at the end and we can put the link in the show notes and stuff. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So signups for that will be available until pretty shortly after this episode comes out. So check that out if that's something you're interested in too. Cool.
3: Amazing. I love that idea so much. I still mm-hmm. need to sign up because yeah. um, I have anxiety about like getting someone the perfect game without <laughs> yeah. knowing them. Mm. Understandable. But yeah, I need to dive in. Yeah. Such a cool idea. Yeah. And yeah, just love, love your show. Um, Thank, you. I, Thank you. I went through like a phase where I was like, all of my gaming podcasts are like two to four white dudes from like gen x or or millennial generation like Mm -hmm. talking about video games i was like i just i i need something fresh i need something new and um aj was like you should check out press start (laughs) and i Uh was like
0: Fell love immediately. The premier um, Gen Z gaming podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's that's part of why we, we started the show, too, was we, well, one, it was to keep up with each other since we went to college together and, like, mm-hmm. we're constantly talking about video games. But it was also, like, most of the shows we both listen to are very similar, like, not exclusively, but people who are from a couple generations older than us. So they have mm-hmm. a very, I feel like there's a very typical group of people stuff you grew up with if you're mm. big into that era of games media like you grew up with the nes or the super nintendo yeah, the original then... zelda yeah. exactly yeah so it's i find that tori and i and a lot of the guests we have on the show and even you guys too have like a totally different set of texts and things that we're pulling from that were really influential when we were younger and getting into this space so it's it's really cool i really enjoy talking about this kind of stuff
4: Yeah, I, it was kind of a funny idea. I remember, so I graduated from college last year and Noah and I communicate mostly through Twitter DM, like we just send each other like memes and and stuff. And I remember at one point I looked at our entire conversation over the past two weeks and we had exclusively talked about video games (laughs) and... I at the time was interning at NPR and I was like, What if we made a video game podcast yeah. and we made it and I like lost I lost the audio files for no. it? No. And then I and then I broke my leg and so then just like months went by <laughs> and Noah and I Noah was like, what if we what if we still did that? I'm still into that. And I was yeah. like, yeah, let's do Now that do you can it. go to was... the
1: upstairs part of your house, what if we still do that?
4: <laughs> yes. yeah, because I was on crutches and I live in oh a townhome that has two flights oh, of Jesus. stairs. So I was like yeah. scooting my butt up and down the stairs and like oh, no. lip, sleeping on my God. couch for two months. I think it was terrible. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, all right. We we got it. We got it. And this is October of last year. Yeah. So.
3: Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that the universe didn't conspire to prevent you from starting this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it tried. <laughs> almost it. It tried.
0: Yeah. Um, well, press starts a great show. Uh, and like I said, links will be in the show notes, but we will also plug it again at the end of the show. Um, but before we get into talking about the games, Kim, you've got some horseshit for us this week, uh, provided <laughs> Provided by Matt Horton from last week, right?
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, just to catch folks up, if they didn't listen to last week's episode, I put AJ and our guest Matt Horton through (laughs) a a rigorous horse facts quiz and the winner was uh (laughs) given the prize of choosing the bullshit for this week yeah and matt won and came up with a great idea just to take a a step further back the horse shit uh exists because i have been playing horse tales emerald valley ranch um widely (laughs) anticipated to be perhaps the best horse game in existence. Mm-hmm. I, can I, I can't, wow. can I
4: just say that yeah. Emerald Valley Ranch sounds a little too similar to like Hidden yes. Valley Ranch? Like yes. 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 It <laughs> yes
3: It absolutely does. And I slip up on it all the time. Yeah. Before we launch into the fully unhinged part of this, I would like to say I did play more horse Tales this week. Unfortunately, I have encountered uh, what the kids like to call a game breaking bug. No, no,
2: um, oh, no. Oh, no. Do
1: you mean to tell um, me that the horse video game has a game breaking
2: (laughs) bond.
3: i i know i was shocked too um but there is there's to advance the main quest you have to beat someone's because there's there's racing in the game that's one of the many horse mechanics that that are involved and um in order to advance the game you have to beat someone's high score at a particular race. Um, But there is a bug that prevents you from being able to do that. And I have encountered that bug. Um, Apparently they've patched it for the PC version, but not yet for console and I'm playing it on switch. So um, I'm, I'm fucked, I guess. But um, I did do like more exploration in the game. And that is like incredible. I found this like, big like gorge area like it looks like the grand canyon basically oh. and you can like ride your horse through it it's incredible and it looks great i have to tell you as someone who played pokemon violet this week <laughs> oh i
4: think horsetail looks better <laughs> Uh-oh. oh no i mean <laughs> what what performance is better though like wh- which yeah. one has less game breaking issues
3: <laughs> oh. i would say i would say general performance probably on par oh my god obviously wow. <laughs> i haven't wow. i haven't encountered any game breaking performance yet in uh pokemon violet though so i guess uh, you know congratulations to pokemon on that but um does horsetail's take place
1: in like a fictional world
3: yeah i mean it's it does take place in a fictional em- emerald valley which is like a sort of like plateau or peninsula or something i don't out what they call it um <laughs> But yeah, you you go and you um, it, it's very like Stardew, but for a horse ranch. So it's like okay. your your aunt has like let this this ranch like fall into disrepair and you're
2: okay. fixing
3: it and finding horses. You can breed horses, which is a weird mechanic that I haven't engaged with yet. Still? Still. um, You got to clean your horse. You got to, you know, feed them, find out where they like to be pet, which is a whole thing. So. It's it's a very it's like it's fun. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've said on past episodes it is they've allocated their resources well for a game that was clearly like on a budget. And it is apparent in just the design of the world which is honestly beautiful. Yeah. Um I'll share some screenshots. I, they're on my <laughs> yeah, switch please. downstairs, but Yeah, um, I
1: was curious know. I was curious if it took place in like a real world or like a fictional universe because you said I found this area like the Grand Canyon and I was like oh. well, does it like is it Arizona, Nevada, like are you? Is <laughs> it the
3: Great Kid? No, <laughs> Halo, no. It's it's a fictional world, but it is like like grounded. Like I haven't found anything. No magic yet. No, not yet. Although there are like ruins and like weird statues around, so I wouldn't be surprised if it takes like <laughs> that kind shit. of turn.
1: We have those IRL too. To be fair, though. <laughs>
3: That's we true. do have that's ruins. true <laughs> it's a very good point um <laughs> so uh as i mentioned matt got to pick the bullshit last week and his request was that i talk more about something i've been very passionate about on social media which uh is carly ray jepson's the loneliest time yeah <laughs> which ties in very well with something we'll be talking about yeah. later in this episode yeah but um So what I'd like to talk about today is which Carly Rae Jepsen songs from The Loneliest Time would be best in a uh, dressage routine. Wow. Um, (laughs) So.
0: (laughs) Holy shit.
3: For those unaware, according to dressageridertraining.com. Great. Dressage is a way of training and riding your horse. The word is uh, derived from the French dresser, meaning to train. And it is described as being like ballet on horseback. The horse and rider are working together to perform movements. Quote, that seem effortless and flow gracefully from one to the next. Great. Hmm. The f- this form of riding takes a high level of athleticism and good communication between horse and rider. So when it comes to choosing dressage music, hmm. the advice that I found online included the following. First, toe tapping music is great for freestyles. Oh. The music should also match the mood of the horse and rider pair For example, cute Disney-type music is suitable for a pony or a petite young rider, but is inappropriate for a large and powerful warm blood. Okay. (laughs) When you find the right music, you can feel that your horse moves better with the music than without. The horse tells you when he moves with more expression that he enjoys dancing to that particular kind of music. Okay. Does he? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Does he really? remains to be seen, as I have never actually done dressage. Uh, <laughs> and finally, they also recommend the there are different gates for the horse. There's the trot, there's the canter, there's the walk, and there's some other ones that we'll talk about. You know, so you'll have musical transitions for each because they're, they're at different cadences. But the music should blend cohesively. And they recommended music by the same artist or group. And so oh. I think we're on the right track here, Right. Yeah. drawing from not only one artist, but one album. I think it's going to be very cohesive. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned, tempo, very important. The tempo for each gate varies depending on the horse um, and you can measure it different ways. You can count the beat every time the leading front hoof touches the ground or every time both front hooves touch the ground. For example, the walk can be anywhere between 50 to 65 beats per minute sure. or 100 to whatever double 65 is um, 130 beats per minute <laughs> okay. um, will also work. No, you looked like you had a question. No, I'm just
1: I'm just having a hard time taking all of this in. This is making me second <laughs> guess every interaction I've ever seen another human being have with a horse. <laughs> like, I didn't yeah. think I didn't think any one human being had this much agency over this actions is... horses did
4: <laughs> dressage is like if a feeder kid and a horse girl like, had a baby <laughs> yes. that
3: yeah there's yeah. a very good description here yeah yeah i the thing that i was really struck by is like this is not like oh you know like dressage is like now in the olympics and it is clear now to me this is not a situation where like you the rider are training and you just grab a horse and go like this is we're both we're both in this rider and horse. Um, right. And it's very important, you know, to have like a good relationship with the horse somehow. Okay. So to, to move to the main dish here, I have divided up songs based on their <laughs> their BPM by wh- which uh, gate they would be most appropriate for. Okay. And then within there, I have ranked the songs by which one I think would be the best for that particular gate. Okay. Are we all familiar with The Loneliest Time? This album? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Maybe maybe well, man, not I like haven't, I haven't listened to a whole lot of it, but I'm down. I've, I've given it Great. a good
1: comprehensive listen, but I'm not sure how up on all the track names I am. But I mm-hmm. I know I, I got a I got a good idea in my head of what we're working with.
3: Sure. Uh AJ will be Oh yeah, we'll, we'll be <laughs> like putting, putting clips, in in. clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. That's fair. Yeah. Use. So at least this will make sense uh, uh, on the back end. Good, good. Okay, so we're going to start with the walk. Now, the walk they recommend between fifty to sixty-five beats per minute. So uh, I have four songs in this category at the bottom. I think the unfortunately the worst song for for really any dressage routine is "Go Find Yourself" or whatever. Mm. Uh, 68 beats per minute beautiful ballad yeah and honestly okay for a walk it's a little bit fast but still kind of like in range but it's just not a beat enough like they said we want to be tapping our toes and i i'm crying when i hear this song i'm not (laughs) i'm not tapping anything
0: if anything it gives you like a nice sway back and forth that's kind of
2: that's
0: it
3: tell me that your
5: mind's been changing I'll tell you that I'm not good at goodbyes.
3: I think just not not peppy enough. Um, next up, we have Benz. Uh, yeah. Coming in at 116 beats per minute, uh, this, this would be like a double time situation. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an awkward tempo. It falls into the tempo of a walk at double time, but it feels a little too fast. It's also, it's a very bittersweet song. And I think again, we just want something a little bit more fun, even for the walk. Yeah, I will say this is low key. I think one of the best Carly Rae Jepsen songs (laughs) of all time. It's a really
1: good one. It's good. Yeah, it's
3: very good. I also feel
1: like this one's got like a pretty solid, uh, like synthesized drum machine snare sound to it. So Mm. I feel like you got a good, you got a good solid walking type beat. Mm -hmm.
5: Sunshine somewhere in Mexico.
3: Next up, uh, coming in at second place, Joshua Tree. This is coming in at 101 beats per minute, and it has some attitude. Yes. I just, I, I love the idea of a horse strutting to this song.
2: I'm um, <laughs>
0: never going to be able to listen to this album ever again in my life.
4: You're welcome. I need to look up a video of what a horse strutting looks like. like I, I need to, because I, the Let visual of my head is like a horse tap dancing right now and I, I can't be right. I, I think of all it's videos I've wrong. seen of
0: dressage they all, they do move in like a very specific yeah. way where they'll like lift yeah. a leg up as they're tapping so it is kind of so
3: you know what what you were describing aj is uh, another gate that um oh. i have yet to describe oh um oh. but i should have it's called the the passage or the pee off i forget one of those is this okay. they're like basically the same thing but one is in place and one is moving mm. and that's like when it looks like the horse is like prancing hmm that's what that is. Oh,
4: it's doing a little hoppity hop. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, oh God, I'm sending
0: one's... I'm sending gifts in the chat
4: currently. <laughs> just ah, searching dressage
0: yeah. in the Discord gift search.
4: Yeah. What happens if like the horse doesn't want to do it? Like what if their vibes are just off that day? Uh like
0: probably something awful. Yeah. Probably something
3: terrible. I remember when I was doing research for this and I did a lot of research for this. I love this. I searched on YouTube like dressage videos or whatever. Um, and there was one that was like Dressage fail, horse doesn't cooperate oh, oh no. or something
4: like that. Epic fail compilations. <laughs> wow, I love that.
3: There is there is a dressage fails comp. I, oh, wow. uh, here, let me just. <gasps>
4: So for context here, Noah just sent in a gif of a donkey from Shrek, but in his, like, horse form. That's not, yeah. That looks
1: like dressage. That's like dressage. Dressage uh,
4: dressage adjacent, (laughs) at least. This is from a YouTube
1: channel called Horse X Fails.
4: i
3: have to tell you i'm like looking at the video right now yeah and i oh okay that seems like a fail but some of it i'm like is this where's the part where the horse is failing (laughs) um in any event oh my god uh (laughs) (laughs) 10 minutes anyway wow (laughs) so yeah just so we know what we're working with here Um, but the walk is very much like it is just a horse walking like it's it's not it's nothing fancy not like the passage and pee off Mm. but our number one can
0: i guess this yeah sorry is it surrender my heart
3: no 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 surrender my heart is a little
0: a little too fast
3: a little too fast although it could it could work it could work but i um i actually have it Under the canter, which we'll get to. Yeah. (laughs) But um the number one song uh is so nice Um, at one hundred and three beats per minute. It is a very sweet song and it's all about how nice and sweet and honest Carly Ray Jepson's boyfriend is (laughs) is, I sing this song to my dog a lot Oh my god And he loves yeah. it So I just feel like If I sang it to a horse It would get the horse really gassed up And yeah. I think that that would carry over Into the dressage routine
0: Yeah, you're just telling them they're so nice Incredibly honest
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> Polite <laughs> So nice So nice So on now to the trot. Yes. The trot is recommended to be between 75 to 90 beats per minute or double time. Um, I will tell you right now, there is not a song on this album that's fast enough um, to be to be in double time
4: for the trot. Um yeah, so we, we,
1: you would need like a John Philip so Sousa do march like or
4: a, something like a TikTok like sped up chipmunk version. Yeah, yes. yes.
3: That could work and I have to imagine that some uh some like dressage artists do that um when choosing their music. Um in this case we're, we're starting, uh, again, there are four songs in this one.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: The first song that works, but that I think is like the least desirable is, uh, this is actually a bonus track coming mm-hmm. in at 75 beats per minute. No thinking over the weekend. I mm-hmm. adore this song. I think it's great. I think it would be beautiful set to a trot. Yeah. But it is on the slow end. Um, mm-hmm. They say that the larger the horse... The slower its its cadence. And it's I'm always gaits. saying this. I'm always saying this. <laughs> by always the way. Yeah. Saying this. <laughs> I'm going to um, start saying this out some random conversations. You don't know say. i mean. in traffic.
4: I'll be like the larger the horse, the slower the, the, larger the, the cadence. <laughs> Everyone knows.
3: Um, so this this would be appropriate for a larger horse, but sure. if you were to if you were riding a pony or something, uh, you know they would be closer to that 90 beats per minute, <laughs> so it wouldn't be appropriate. Coming up next, we have Sideways, 86 beats per minute, sort of more in the middle. I hate to put this song so low because I love it a lot. Definitely a trot song, but just not the strongest trot song that we have.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very like bass driven, which is just kind of which mm-hmm. is it's nice to listen to. But when you're watching a horse do it, it makes the horse seem heavy, you know? Yeah, true. I f- <laughs>
3: that's,
1: that's
2: so, so, that's so thank true. You for, thank
0: you for agreeing <laughs> that's with me so true, know? AJ.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
4: We were all thinking it. <laughs> Many people are saying
2: Little
5: Meet the old place. Let'll be together ever since you said that.
3: Next up, getting more towards what I think would be a fantastic trot song we have far away. Mm -hmm. 91 beats per minute, so it's a bit fast. But I love the yearning in this Mm. song. Yearning goes hand in hand with horses for me. And so I I think that it would it would just work so well. The, The thing about this song, too, is like. Uh, to speak more to the yearning is like it's all about like you're waiting for someone to say i love you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um just saying not far away from that conversation i just i'm always waiting for horse to tell me they love me yeah through their their actions mm-hmm. you know so
4: it's true bestie
3: number 1 trot song and i think this is a real fucking winner it is a little fast at 90 beats per minute but what else could be in this spot but western wind mm, yeah um yeah when i when i hear this song even separate from from this exercise i listen to this song and envision wild mustangs galloping through a field yeah yeah it's just the natural the natural progression um so i think it's perfect it is freeing it is resplendent Mm. the horse is having a good time i'm having a good time i think this is the clear winner in the trot category
0: yeah that's nice
1: Can I, can I back up for a second Before we get mm-hmm. out of here uh, how, Where did you find the BPM for all these songs Or did you personally like stick it on <laughs> <in> the
2: metronome
3: <laughs> um, I found A website that will tell you the BPM for gotcha. like random popular songs on Spotify. Got it. But I did check it myself <laughs> okay. to make oh, sure wow. it was
1: we've got primary sources.
4: <laughs> yeah. Kim is out here with the metronome. Yeah, I,
1: <laughs> I did have a mental image of you sitting there with a metronome, like listening to each of these songs and like ticking it up <laughs> by three and then kind yeah. of listening you're like, no, it's not quite right. And then ticking it back to
3: uh, <laughs> I found another website where you tap the space bar in time with the music and it will tell you what the the BPM wow, is. Oh
1: wow. Mm, the internet's so wow. full of treats and interesting tools.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. I I will also tell you um I was in the midst of doing this yesterday and my best friend texted me and was like, "Hey, what are you up to?" <laughs> What did you say? Yeah, and you what said. did you say? You panicked. Uh, you were like, I I'm believe- watching porn. I'm watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I told her that's the funniest question you could possibly ask me right now. <laughs> Incredible. Did
4: you go and explain what you were doing? Um, I, it I,
3: I told her, I'm doing research for this week's bullshit. Right. Let's just say I'm learning a lot about dressage. <laughs> okay. And I left it at that because, wow. you know, you got to leave some mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God.
4: Let us see.
3: I swear we're almost done, and by that I mean we're halfway through.
4: Um <laughs> yeah, you, you can't play your whole your whole hand there, your whole hoof, if you will. There you <laughs> go. Whole, there you go. That you can't play the whole
3: hoof. That was good, dude. People are always saying that too. <laughs> um so next up we have the canter. This is the fastest gait between ninety-five to hundred and ten beats per minute. This is we're getting into some good shit. Mm. So coming in in uh, fourth place is keep away. Hundred and four beats per minute. Good for a canter uh, in terms of BPM, but low energy. Mm. We need something peppier. Yeah. So next up, uh,
5: anxious.
3: 115 beats per minute a little bit too fast yeah um and moreover i don't like the message i don't want (laughs) the horse to be anxious i don't want to be anxious yeah um i just don't think that it's a good pick Number three, also a little bit fast, uh, Shooting Star, 113 beats per minute, exquisite disco vibes on yeah, this song, yeah, yeah. which to me, I, I would love that, like, vibe for for the routine, but... Um, yeah just a little bit on the fast side
1: Mm. god yeah this song and then like some of the other disco ones on this album and i'm imagining you got like glittery boots on or something like Mm -hmm. oh my god immaculate vibes for this this routine
3: yeah both of us me and the horse decked out in our, our disco best yes oh my god Number one on the canter list, Surrender My Heart at 108 beats per minute. This is it. Imagine riding off into the sunset to this song. It's perfect. Surrender your heart to the horse.
0: (laughs) Surrender your heart to the horse. That sounds like a a weird
1: kind of sacrificial thing.
0: Um,
4: We will be getting to Kingdom Hearts later. That sounds
1: (laughs) (laughs) That Sacrifice your heart to the horse sounds like the name of your routine. Like... Man, oh my gosh <laughs> i
3: just i just want to be clear it's not sacrifice
0: surrender yeah
3: surrender but i apologize you know, but you
0: know same, same not, idea basically uh, you're I not guess. far
3: off but the benefit of all the broken
5: hearts that i broke before they could bank me is a little bit of life for girls i won't forget this to you when you're always me and i want to be brave enough to show you man not-so-perfect family
3: And finally, we have the passage slash Piaf. As I mentioned, this is like a it's described as a controlled. I think the word that someone used was elevated trot. Um, Okay. so it it is very much there's like suspension, they say, where like the horse is like freezing in between the beats and it looks like they're prancing and it's beautiful this is recommended to be between 60 to 65 beats per minute i'm doing everything in double time because i simply don't have any songs uh that fit into that Mm -hmm. so again four songs in fourth place unfortunately is the title track loneliest time it's at 123 beats per minute and again great Disco vibes, but not enough yeah. our attitude. This is big prancing Ooh. hours, and mm. prancing hours is no time to be sincere. The song is very sincere. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we need attitude, and so as much as I love this song, which features Rufus Brainwright right. for some reason, and is very popular on TikTok, he kind of yes. ate with this
1: one, but I don't really know what I he's ate.
5: doing there.
0: I'm imagining now a dressage routine that starts with, hollow, with Rufus Wainwright's Hallelujah and ends with The <laughs> Loneliest Time.
3: Someone's got to make that mashup happen. <laughs> <laughs> now i'm just thinking about a dressage routine that's just shrek songs
2: yeah there you go can you there imagine
3: you all-star and i saw your face yeah that would that would fuck that's that's trot level right Like that's pretty it's pretty cool. yeah. probably i'd have right. to look up the bpm to be sure but <laughs> i sure do we have the technology. Next up uh, in third place, talking to yourself. Mm. 124 beats per minute. This is the attitude that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there are two even better options. Um, okay. But this song, the song is so good. Yeah. This was the f- was the second single, I think, of the album.
0: Uh, no, I think it was Western Wind and then... Beach house, I think.
3: Oh, yeah. Third, then? that sounds I don't right. Know. That
0: sounds right. It's a good one.
3: Yeah. <laughs> of Beach House. (laughs) That one's next up. 118 beats per minute. I was waiting for it. One of my favorites off the album um there was a weird thing yeah sleeper hit because both we both heard this song when it was just a single and we were like "Eh, it's fine (laughs) yeah and then somehow in the context of the album it becomes the greatest thing i've ever heard (laughs) we're like i will i will wake up on like a shitty morning and listen to this song five times and be ready to start my day Mm -hmm. yeah and the cheeky attitude of it is perfect for the passage and pee off um yes I I, like (laughs) listen to this song And tell me you don't feel like prancing I dare you That's
0: true that's that's fair yeah yeah yeah
3: finally the number one song for the passage and pee off notwithstanding it's uh, maybe no it's not on the fast side it's perfect um bad thing twice i
0: knew it yes yes mm-hmm. that song fucking rules
3: i think a set with this song and so nice would be just killer mm. you have like the sweet and the sour vibes this so <laughs> nice angel on your shoulder mm-hmm. bad thing twice mm-hmm. devil on your shoulder mm-hmm. um prancing It's just uh, I if you do dressage, if someone listening to this does dressage, please do this routine and send me a video and I will send you 100 American dollars.
0: Yeah, you really have to commit to the bit for this one. So.
1: Yeah. Can we, quick lightning round what's the funniest album without thinking hard that you could possibly set a dressage routine to uh my probably a ween album yeah my my immediate pick is either a dope smoker by sleep or uh ex-military <laughs> by death grips oh my god Jesus.
0: <laughs> uh i'm just intentionally imagining like the worst album maybe also to listen to is just like something by Merzbow or something that is just literally just noise <laughs> and like metal scraping sounds
1: <laughs> uh, i'll be i'll be well, doing yeah. uh, my, my dressage with my cyber horse
3: <laughs> <laughs> i think the important thing is that it has to have a beat so i think mm. something just like ambient and and yeah tune-less that's true. and beatless would be a fucking nightmare and yeah. i'd love to see it yeah.
1: brian eno's music for airports featuring my horse <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 <laughs>
3: Um, anyway, thank you all for joining me on this journey and (laughs) I'm sorry about it. This is wonderful.
0: (laughs) This is great. I. 30 minutes i learned so much i learned
1: so much <laughs> the amount great. of extraneous work you put in to be able to put this together is so yeah. admirable kim for real thank you so much yeah
3: you're so welcome <laughs> i live to please uh this is what video games are all about
0: uh yes that's so true this, this is actually. what video games are all about
3: <laughs> moving on
0: now from dressage to i don't know there's a horse in it we're i'm gonna talk about elden ring for a little bit
3: Hell yeah! Uh, More horseshit.
0: Yeah, so I picked up Elden Ring when it came out. Uh, my partner very generously bought it for me, uh, just because I said I wanted it, and she bought it for me while I was recording a podcast or something. I was like, "Wow, thank you so much!" And then, like two weeks later, was like, "I hate this game. I wish you." <laughs> <laughs> it's just because, you know, you watch some I, I the Souls games are very specific vibes of like bumping your head up against something over and over again until you get it. Yeah, uh, yeah it's not a she, good spectator sport. She just yeah, she just kept seeing me like against this one guy with a spear or whatever or like uh, the tree sentinel that you see in the very beginning and just getting my ass kicked over and over and over again. I'm like, why are you doing this? But anyway, so I played Elden Ring for a bit. Uh, I got pretty far ish. I got stuck on one of the bosses and actually, Noah, you have beaten Elden Ring and Tori no. has I Tori have you have beaten El- ah. Okay, okay.
4: I did Ultimate Noah beamer. stops around Radon
1: I got past Redon eventually. I made it yeah. to. I'm. A, I think I'm around like a little over the halfway point because I made it to Dell and then next I made it to an area where I could totally respect my character. I totally respect. I put the game down for a week. I picked it back up, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I felt like <laughs> I felt like I had somehow managed to start a new game, but also everybody wanted to kill me, and I didn't mm. even know like what <laughs> sword I was using. So nice. Yeah, I, I kind of fell out. I want to get back in, but I completely yeah. fell out.
0: Yeah, it's. I will say it is kind of hard to get back in uh especially if like my lull was like six months or something like i stopped yeah. playing at like the end of april and then picked it back up two weeks ago did you start but, a new game or did you jump n- back? no in? i didn't I, I just picked it right back up because i was i i stopped at Radon. um okay. Like I stopped the main plot at Radon, went and did a bunch of side stuff because I did Radon like a, a dozen times. I was like, "This yeah. isn't fun. I'm not enjoying myself. I'm gonna go do something else." Did a whole bunch of shit, like just like got really leveled and figured out how to play the game and stuff. Went back to Radon, still got my ass kicked, but I had the uh, frenzied flame spell or whatever that you just shoot a big laser from your forehead, mm-hmm. and you can st- it has crazy distance, so you can stand really far away. So in the Redan- what
4: is your build?
0: Uh, I'm faith strength, faith strength. Okay. Yeah. yeah. As
4: you said, you're shooting lasers. I was like, okay, faith. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah.
4: Uh, yeah. I had a bunch of
0: friends who did. uh, They went like into decks or just like mm-hmm. full strength or whatever. And I was like, I'll do faith. Nobody's doing faith, and you get a big fireball in the beginning. So I was like, fuck yeah. But I started out as the as the wretch. So all my stats were ten. So that when I respec over and over again, I. Everything starts at the same uh, the same number, so it's easier to respond. Yeah, thank you, Into the Aether, for that. Uh, the episode yeah. "Consider the Wretch" uh, is a, is, a, is a great <laughs> a great one for that. But uh, yeah, so um, eventually beat Radon. I think I picked it up, beat Radon, and then stopped again, <laughs> and then picked it back up two weeks ago, uh, and am now. I've made it to Leindel. I've beat the bosses in Dell. I made it to the throne, and then did the stuff that you have to do after that. Uh, in the mountains, um, fought the giant, and I was. Oh,
4: okay, you're far. Yeah, I was stuck. You're fighting the giant.
0: Yeah, I was stuck on the giant for an entire day, a whole ass day. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Not like actively playing it, but like I played for like a full two hours. Didn't beat the giant. Put it down. Picked it up the next day. Played for another couple hours. Still couldn't beat the giant. Went and did some. Okay, can I ask a question? Yes.
4: Do you use summons?
0: Uh, yes, but I didn't like. I I wouldn't summon the jellyfish until the second half of the giant fight. Okay, I know there's apparently one that's like really good
2: for. Yeah, I I use a
4: absolutely game busting summon for basically every like from the giant onward yeah. and it was black knife
2: the black
0: knife yeah that's what i've heard is 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 that's really yeah. really good in my in my research for for how to beat the fire giant <laughs> they're like yeah get this and i was like i'm not going to do that um but uh i have um a bunch of the dragon incantations oh cool so i got the scarlet rock oh, cool. which absolutely f- fucks um i have used that on every single boss like since uh since landale i think that's like how i have been beating bosses so i've beat like half a dozen bosses just walking up to them infecting them with scarlet rot and then running away uh and keeping them distracted by like you know a summons or whatever and they will just die on their own um, oh
4: interesting yeah i i would love to see how you go toe-to-toe with melania because i believe mm. she's rot immune yeah I'm not yeah.
1: yeah that
0: makes sense
4: but she, but she does bleed. Mm. Like I use the, I was a samurai, so the blood katana, yeah, very the rivers helpful. of
0: blood and stuff, yeah, yeah. That's what I've, I've heard. Like I, I'm considering going up against Millennia, but I don't know <laughs> because uh, from the videos I've seen, she just moves so fast, and my build is not very fast. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I, at this point, I'm just trying to get to the end before what december 17th when into the aether is coming and recording the game of the year episode of my house because i want to to be able to have a (laughs) real full a fully fleshed opinion about elden ring yeah um because for a while it was like i'm actually not having fun playing this game um so i'm done playing it but now that i've picked it back up i am having fun but i'm also still having not as much fun as i could be i think
1: what is the experience like playing it now when kind of the the community surrounding it which i'm sure is still plentiful but mm-hmm. it, it feels like there was a minute on social media there, and that was part of what I was having so much fun with it. Where like mm-hmm. everyone was playing it, I yeah. could hop on. I could hop on Twitter and tweet like, "Man, fuck Godric," and ninety people would also comment under that. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> oh my god, yeah! Like it seemed like everyone was talking about it. Like. Or do you feel like you're missing something not experiencing it alongside so many people or? um,
0: No, I wouldn't say so. I'm, I'm usually a person who like really loves the community aspect of video games. Um, mm-hmm. Like for a while, that was how. like all my siblings are 8, 10 and 12 years older than me. So for a while, yeah. the way I experienced video games was to just sit next to them and watch them play Sonic 2 for the hundredth time. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what I love about video games is just like seeing mm-hmm. people interact with whatever. But no, I'm not like a super active person online like i am online but i would never usually tweet like man fuck Godric." like i i i just like don't i don't tweet thoughts i guess (laughs) for some reason uh i guess because i have i'm in like Half a dozen pretty active Discord servers where I can just like reach out to an actual person that I really actually know and be like, "Hey, Godric fucking sucks," and then we can talk about it. Even doors from Elden Ring. That's probably a way healthier way to be operating on a daily basis <laughs>
2: for what it's worth. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, My my Twitter and stuff is like ninety eight percent retweets, and then the other two percent is me retweeting the shows that I work on. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's like that's like all I, I really interact with on Twitter. Um, but but I would say the community stuff. That I really latched onto with Elden Ring, which actually kind of I guess tidied me over between you know in my breaks was the YouTube community. I you know I mean Vati Vidya is like the biggest Souls YouTuber um, to exist, and he's constantly doing lore stuff, and you know he's got stuff for every single game. I think Dark Souls Two had just come out when he started making videos, so he's been doing it for a really long time. and And his videos are great; they're they're really insightful, and his like voice actual voice and voice like the written voice is really good yeah um i think for for those kind of videos um there's also just a bunch of other random like elden ring specific youtubers that i have found that i have like just been like tuning into on and off for the last six months or so. So I would say the community cool. aspect of it is like, just like seeing other people interact with the game or like watching people just like do bosses really quick or something. Like I'm a pretty, uh, I call myself a spoiler agnostic person. So I'm not like, I don't really care if stuff gets spoiled. It's not going to like ruin the experience for me, uh, stuff like that. But I feel like with Elden Ring, a lot of the game is like seeing something for the first time and being like, Oh my God. Um, like the fire giant second phase is like wild and I knew it happened. Um, and so like when it when it happened on my you know, when I watched it happen, I was like, oh, this is cool. But I also did the volcano manor, which has a two phase boss fight uh, at the very end. That's fucking sick. I knew nothing about anything of the the end game of the volcano manor quest line and it fucking rules. Uh, So if you're if you're playing, go do the volcano matter stuff uh, because it is sick as shit and it does something that is it it does something that the rest of the game does not even ever hint at, like thinking about doing like, do you mind if I if I if I spoil a bit? Okay, Um, so the volcano manor thing is like you're there's a guy named rykard praetor rykard who was a demigod or something or whatever was on like the royal council and then was like oh i'm actually just gonna merge with this giant snake and eat all the gods that's gonna be my thing is i'm just gonna try and kill everyone to get their power or whatever and so at the end he he supposedly merged with like the serpent god and so you fight this giant serpent it's fucking sick but while you're exploring the volcano manor you find these texts of like oh well praetor Rykard got power hungry and so we his like you know underlings or whatever created this weapon to try to kill him because mm. he's you know whatever he's going to destroy the world or something so when you show up into that arena the first thing you do is you see a corpse holding this giant spear and then Whoa. you take the spear and you equip it and it's like yeah this is just like kind of a regular spear but if you're fighting the serpent god it's been tailor made to turn into like this sword of light or whatever. Yeah <laughs> so, That's so
4: that fight cool. is so sick dude. it's so sick That's it's so, so sick.
0: fucking cool so you're you're fighting this giant thing but you have this sword that creates or this this spear that creates giant beams of light and f- first of all I was using mimic tier again this so there was just two giant beams of light uh slicing into this this thing but then so after you beat down the the serpent god it like flips over and the underside of the neck under its head is Praetor Rikard's face it's just a dude's face and he's like wow. I merged with the serpent god let me eat you and we could eat the gods together uh, and then you just continue the fight and there's it's the same you know it's the same bit with the giant beam of light and stuff but it's just so awesome that like they give you this weapon and they they kind of turn the whole game on its head because it doesn't really matter what your build is like the the weapon is a strength based weapon so if you have higher mm. strength it's going to do more damage and stuff but like the weapon is tailor made to do damage to the serpent god so it's like you're going to be doing, you know, a decent chunk of damage every time you hit it. And it's just like so much fun. And like I had to do that fight like maybe a dozen times uh, before I finally got it, Um, which I would say is on the low end usually. Yeah. And every single time I went back, I was like, this is so much fun. This is the most fun I've had playing this game. And I probably won't have this much fun for the rest of the game because every other boss fight is just like different variations on like, here's another dude, figure out what they can do so you know how to dodge roll out of the way on time, which is like fine a lot of the time until you start doing it, you know, 20, 30, 40 times. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay. I am like, what am I doing wrong? And you have to like figure it out yourself, which is like, I guess, a whole nother aspect of the game and whatever. But the Volcano Manor Rykard fight is just so fucking
1: sick. There's a there's a boss fight that's sort of like that in Dark Souls three. It's like not have you played Dark Souls three or no,
0: I've I've really I played a bit of Bloodborne and then played Dark Souls when it was just released on the PC um, a while ago. But I I don't really have a whole lot of experience with the franchise like playing it.
1: There's a there's a fight in three. I don't remember all the specifics of it or the lore specifics, but there's a boss that he's like this huge fucking dude. And you're like Mm -hmm. ramming your head up against him, ramming your head up against him. But there is actually a sword item that has a special ability that does a ridiculous amount of damage out of his health Mm. and it's, it's, like, the most, like, Zelda any of those games had ever felt to me when I was mm. playing it in a boss fight. And I remember just being, like, because I couldn't figure it out. I was, like, beating my head up against this boss, and I Googled, like, this boss strats. And they were, like, okay, <laughs> well, here's an easy cheese, and there's lore reasons for it. Go find this sword. And yeah. I was, like, blown away by it. made me think so much of, like, like a Zelda boss fight, where, like, mm-hmm. rather than trying to figure out how to, what the guy can do and then dodge rolling out of the way, it was, like, which of my items can I use in a creative way to create an yeah. opening for me? Or in this case, just like temporarily stun him and take out a shitload of his HP. And mm. there was lore reasons for it. It wasn't just like a yeah. bug in the game or anything. And I was like <laughs> blown away by how cool that was. Yeah. that That's fucking sick. But so, yeah, I, I like I'm having a much better time
0: with it than I was when I took my break originally. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like Tunic did a lot of what I'm enjoying in Elden Ring. Tunic did it way better yeah, because I'm enjoying the like discovery parts of Elden Ring and less so the combat parts. And so when they give me this, they like, kind of combine it with like, oh, you discovered this magic weapon that does a shitload of damage. I was like, this is this is the perfect intersection. This whole game should be like this. And I get why the whole game isn't like that, because if every single boss just gave you a special weapon to do the thing, then like you just said, no, it's just Zelda, um, yeah. which, you know, I think has its merits. But it's just it was just a totally different vibe that I've never seen in a in a, in a Souls game before. But mm-hmm. um, Tori, what was your your experience with like finishing Elden Ring? Like like did you
4: Yeah, it was really fucking hard. Yeah. Um <laughs> it was really fucking hard. Uh I'm super glad I had Black Knife because frankly, I don't know if I would have done it mm. without Black Knife. Um that's why like I endorse black knife very, very highly. Okay. Black
1: knife is your cool friend you summon to help you out, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
4: Girl boss. Girl
2: boss, yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. um,
4: <laughs> And I probably would have been able to take out, um, the giant without her, but Melania and the final boss, Mm. I'm not going to spoil bosses, honestly, Mm. uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Melania took me about a week, Mm. a week. Oh my God. Banging my head against the wall. Yeah. I think it was like a three day weekend that I beat her on. (laughs) Wow. It was like, like, I don't even know what day it was. Um, yeah. But it was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And then Elden Beast mm-hmm. took me a really long time as well. Mm-hmm. I remember the day that I beat Elden Ring. Because there's, there's like two bosses towards the end. Mm-hmm. And the first phase is very easy. I wouldn't even bring out my summon for that phase. Mm-hmm. The second phase was very hard. And I remember I got to the point where I had like almost no hit the first phase. <laughs> I got like really good at it. Wow. I'm trying to save all of my everything for the second phase. And there was the day I beat it. I remember very clearly because I logged out of work an hour early, I logged out of work <laughs> at 4 PM <laughs> and from 4 PM to 11 PM. Oh mm. my I played. Mm.
1: Jesus. Christ.
4: And I like told, I told my husband like order pizza. <laughs> like I am not doing shit tonight. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I also told them if I beat this game before midnight, like we're going out for ice cream. Yeah. And so I gave myself like, a hard time moment. I'm like, I have seven hours to make this happen. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It was relentless. I had, had such a terrible headache after I had like an elm ring hangover. Yeah. It was bad. Oh my God. Like, I don't recommend this method, but I did get ice cream afterwards. Congrats.
3: <laughs> a well earned reward. But
4: yeah, it was, it was, yeah. I felt like I had a baby or something. That shit was crazy. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah. Don't do it like me. Like give yourself rest yeah yeah
0: (laughs) yeah that's what like my my times i usually just play a bit after work and then like i don't know if i'm if if i'm bumping my head up against something for so long i was telling my partner last night uh that like i think my threshold is like way lower than a lot of other people's who play these games um because like by the time i beat the fryer giant i was like i'm not having fun (laughs) i'm just trying to kill this guy and that like i think like a dozen is like my number where i'm like okay i like i would like to be done now and i think Mm -hmm. i probably did that maybe twice or three times that amount for the fire giant um so i was just like for a while just bumping my head against this giant man and his giant chest face um (laughs) yes but anyway elden ring is a pretty good game surprising no one But uh, I didn't intend to talk about it for this long, so let's uh, move on quickly <laughs> to uh, everybody's favorite <laughs> alternate reality game, Goncharov, the 1973 film by uh, Martin Scorsese that does not exist. Um, what are what's y'all's experience with, with Goncharov? When did when did you when did you hop on this? Uh, when did
3: you first get gonched?
0: When did you get gonched first?
3: So I I got gaunched. I think not super early on, but fairly early on on Twitter. Mm. I think the first person I saw retweeting gaunch content was Gita Jackson, mm. and uh, I saw like the original shoes post. Yes, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And then all of a sudden, it was everywhere. Yeah, and it was glorious. Uh, I just I love only Tumblr could do something like this. Yes. um i guess we should explain (laughs) for those who are unaware yeah yeah.
0: i just wanted to get like first impressions of like when you
3: first saw this uh, thing uh, (laughs) yeah Yeah, uh, uh we can save that then uh tori and noah please
4: yeah i also got gaunched by gita jackson
3: mm. huh. and
4: it's probably like the most tumblr thing to ever tumblr yeah like you know like on tumblr there's like all sorts of crazy ass stories that are like very clearly fake
1: yeah then yeah. people <laughs>
4: accept it as like gospel truth. yeah like the
1: mitsky sex trafficking one do you remember that one
4: yes no yeah. 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 <laughs> That was crazy. Like, can we just talk about that? Please, I, I'll, yeah. I, I'll do. A, I, yeah,
1: I'll do a quick sidebar. Uh, someone on Tumblr posted one day, and they were like, "This was like Mitsuki at like her peak. Just be the cowboy, popular. Like be the cowboy mm-hmm. had come out. It was so popular. Mm-hmm. People were loving Mitsuki. And this one person posts on Tumblr, and they're like, Mitsuki is canceled." this year this day i was sex trafficked by mitski i don't remember the details i might be mixing some of it up but it was like i was sex trafficked by mitski and this is what happened and then all the comments were like this like i I don't want a victim shame or victim blame or whatever here but like this does not make sense like the timeline doesn't make any sense none of this makes any sense and then op eventually came out and was hey guys sorry i was having kind of like a psychotic break and i posted some stuff that was kind of not okay but like there was a very brief moment Where people were kind of caught up in this, like, is Mitsuki gonna have to, like, address this? Like, and it's the kind of shit that can only happen on somewhere.com. Like, truly. (laughs) I believe she, like, deleted
4: her Twitter. I think that
1: was a contributor. Yeah, I think that was. Holy shit.
3: Oh, I thought that was. we can't we can't we can't can't
4: do this you do not have to (laughs) the bandwidth
3: there's only so much tumblr content we can talk about in one episode i guess that is my
1: turn for Goncharov, though Uh, i actually saw it on ground zero on tumblr.com i have the same tumblr (laughs) account that i made back in like 2012 Mm. and i go through period i like i used it a lot from like 2012 to like 2016 17 fell off a bit when i was in college and i would kind of come back period periodically for a couple month period. Now is probably the most on Tumblr I've been in years. Because the web, mm. it, it seems like every person I followed was posting stuff that was like so much more tied to like who I was a decade ago is either gone or has just shifted to posting memes. So now it's just like Tumblr's just this really great repository for like memes and content I actually like. So And I like it because I don't have to be like, I don't have to be like a real person on it the way Twitter has mm. turned into and the way all this stuff has turned into. So the first post about Gontrov I saw was actually the first one that has the picture of the shoes which I'm mm-hmm. sure someone will explain in a minute here and the this idiot hasn't seen Goncharov and I was like yeah. that's funny <laughs> yeah. and then it spilled over onto other websites in a way that I feel like a Tumblr meme hasn't in a long time like yeah. all of a sudden I got a TikTok about it and I was like hey whoa this isn't supposed to happen like yeah. I'm not supposed to see Tumblr memes on websites that aren't tumblr.com so right. it's it's been a very interesting experience having seen it ground zero
4: it's funny when you mention the shoes I was just think about like that Ernest Hemingway thing it's yeah. like for sale goncheron shoes <laughs> never, never <worn>.
3: <laughs> holy shit can you imagine though like if someone tried to sell those shoes yeah. it would be they'd make a fucking killing yeah now. some yeah.
1: idiot would buy them and be like i'm opening a tumblr museum some idiot. yeah yeah there you go I was say, like
3: that like
1: the dash con ball pit like a couple other just like uh oh really God, cursed totems yeah <laughs>
0: yeah uh (laughs) cursed totems is such a great uh such a great encapsulation of of tumblr calling them totems is is really a a perfect word um so to quickly explain (laughs) the shoe picture the 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 picture that has started it all i actually don't think this post. So, so a lot of the stuff that I'm referencing is from a, an article on The Guardian called uh, G- Gontarov, Why has the internet invented a fake Martin Scorsese film? Um, it's just kind of a back and forth between <laughs> two, two writers for The Guardian about, about Goncharov, And they link to a photo of the shoes, which is just this like, <laughs> it is the tongue of like a pair of boots that says Martin Scorsese presents Goncharov and then you know just a bunch of other stuff and the text of the post is I got these knockoff boots online and instead of a brand name on the tag they have the name of an apparently non-existent Martin Scorsese movie what the fuck uh and then somebody <laughs> replied this idiot hasn't seen Goncharov <laughs> <laughs> And, I love
4: the confidence of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And so like the, uh, the origins of that photo um, is like it's it's several years old and didn't come back around until uh, until 2020, uh, which is when somebody said this idiot hasn't seen Gontrov. That was like a 2020 post. Uh, and then I guess it's just been like floating on the outskirts of Tumblr until recently. Uh, Tumblr user uh, Beelzebub, spelled with a lot of ease, made a poster for the movie <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, which stars uh, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Gene Hackman, uh, Harvey Keitel, um, Sybil Shepard. Stacked cast. Yeah, it's a stacked cast. It's really great. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so so from that poster and from those original posts, like it has just spiraled into the most uh people online have or have been tagging it unreality mm-hmm. and it's just like things that don't exist but people are pretending like it exists because i guess it's fun mm-hmm. which which is why i called it an arg uh which is short for yeah. alternate reality game uh if you're not privy to the acronyms and it's just like it's, it's so good and i love seeing stuff about it uh on tumblr um people are posting things like it's not just like people posting like, "Ah, oh, yes, Gontrov, it's a real movie. It's like <laughs> people saying, uh, there's there's a post in this Guardian article article says, bitches will be like my OT3 and it's a woman who could murder them, a guy who hasn't had a good night's sleep in six years and another guy who almost <laughs> got both of the other two murdered. It's me, I'm bitches. And then it's just like pictures of these three people who are supposedly <laughs> in Gontrov, but like from different films, kind of of the era. So they look yeah. kind of consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, there's so many layers to get to a post like that that is just mind-boggling to yeah. me. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, um, and people are people are inventing character names. There's a character, I know there's a Katya, there's an Ice Pick Joe. Like people yes. people <laughs> are just in, people are inventing character names, they're writing fan fiction, they're drawing fan mm-hmm. art. Like yes. it's
3: it's there are in-depth analyses yes. of yeah. specific scenes yes. of the movie that don't exist. There's a
1: score?
0: Somebody wrote the Um, score. Yes, the score. It's absolutely spectacular. Yeah, it's spectacular. It's Buck Wild, and I am I am absolutely over the moon about it.
1: Yeah,
3: and of course because it's Tumblr, there's a lot of gay subtext in this non-existent movie, as between katya and Sophia, and also Goncharov and Andre. Yeah, Andre
1: the Banker. I saw right, I saw right, a comment right. about this at one point. This was either in a tweet or in a uh, one of the garbage day newsletters because they've been covering it pretty pretty well. Somebody oh. said like, uh, even when Tumblr makes up a movie to freak out about, it doesn't have canon gay characters. It just has queer. <laughs> <beta."> <laughs>
4: Wow, that's that's beautiful. Beautiful line. I I do really want to share. Um, What an
1: observation. I mentioned Garbage Day. I'm not sure if any of you guys read this. This is a really, really great newsletter about Mm. internet culture and social media and just all kinds of stuff. It's written by a guy named Ryan Broderick. He also has a podcast called The Content Minds, and he occasionally has another person. um, Her name is Allegra. Come on and write stuff. And they've written like three separate newsletter chunks about Goncharov. But the most recent one... (laughs) Allegra posits that like one of the reasons that there are articles in the guardian and like the papers of record about this is because people are kind of shifting their attention to other social medias other than Twitter in yes. the same way that like there was probably an article in the guardian oh. about Bean dad. Like there yeah. is an article in the guardian oh, about Goncharov <laughs> because people are starting to kind of shift their focus off Twitter. And so she yeah. calls, she says unquestionably it has a little more, a little more than a bit to do with the all eyes on Tumblr energy of the past few weeks due to the ongoing Twitter meltdown. Simply put, more journalists are paying attention to the site than before. But also, Goncharov is pretty damn impressive on its own. It's as yes. if knowing they were being observed, Tumblr decided to put on their best show, one that demonstrated at full force its best <laughs> features as a platform. And then she says, I mean, that's not really what happened, but it's a fantastic coincidence, even so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's
1: true. It's like when, when Twitter yeah. is actively turning into like a fascist hellhole, like mm-hmm. Tumblr yeah. decided that like you know what right on cue we're gonna make up a martin scorsese movie and we're all yeah. gonna just pretend we're in
0: this <laughs> show. and
4: they also unbanned nudity i mean they are really they're really bad yeah. they're back at it there you yeah. go yeah
0: absolutely incredible um yeah i had a whole thing i wanted to get into alternate reality games but we simply do not have the time so <laughs> let me just end off this bit by reading uh, uh, a tumblr text post uh and i'll probably i'll, I'll put some underscoring here just for fun In a way, Goncharov really is the greatest gangster movie ever made. There are thousands of people dreaming up their own versions of this movie, with more plot threads than can ever actually fit into a two-hour movie. No actual film could ever compare to the imagination of a million strangers, and that's weirdly beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's true. That hits it right on the head. <laughs> that is, yeah.
0: Yeah. Love that. Uh, so uh, that's that's Goncharov. <laughs>
3: that's Goncharov. I am
0: so happy that we were able to bring it to the show today. But, yes, uh, <laughs> Kim. Would you like to transition back to an uh, actual video, video game?
3: Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, I played Pokemon Violet this week. Hey. <laughs> um, the Gontrava you. of Pokemon games. The
4: Gontrava So goes. true, yeah. I, <laughs> well, we well really... first of all, let, let's go down the line
3: here. Who is your starter? Mm. Oh, it was a very difficult decision between Quaxley and um... Oh, my God. Who's the little alligator?
0: Fue um, Coco. Fue Coco.
3: Fue yeah. Coco. Thank you. Um, I did end up going with Fue Coco mm. uh, just because I did go to the University of Florida. Go Gators. Um, <laughs> had to. Um,
4: <laughs> but did, is, there, is anyone else playing? Am I the only one playing? I am confident I'm getting it for my birthday like next week. <laughs> oh, so nice. fingers crossed. Noah, have you finally pulled the trigger and made this purchase? I
1: attempted to last night but I did yes, not. I uh, say in oh. our chat, you said you were going to try and go get it. For, for context, me and one of my best friends have been locked in this cold war of uh, which of us is going to bite the bullet and buy Pokemon first because we were yeah. both mm-hmm. dead set. He was like, I'm going to get Scarlet. I was like, I'm going to get Violet. You can come over. We'll both play it together. Tori, for context, this is Cam. I was like, we're going to have so much fun. And then the reviews started dropping about how badly this game ran. And so <laughs> immediately we both got cold feet. I was like, you know what? Mm. Maybe I don't need to spend $60 on this game. Maybe there are like Tactics Ogre Reborn just came out. That's a game yeah. I really want to get. Like, yeah. I have a real hard time, even if like I, I would buy it from the local video game store that's near my house. Like, I still have a really hard time supporting Game Freak, knowing that they keep making mm-hmm. such piss poor decisions with their franchise. But my my friend finally bit the bullet and he bought Scarlet a couple days ago. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I went to the game store I shop at last night before they closed. I walk in. All they had was Scarlet. And I was like, do you guys have any copies of Violet? And he was like, no, that one was more popular. It's sold out. We're probably not going to have it for another week. And I was like, this is the universe telling me to hold off for a week. (laughs) (laughs) So I do still fully intend to get it just because Mm. like, I don't know, as much as I don't want to support Game Freak and them releasing games that run like absolute dog shit, like, I haven't played a new Pokemon game since Sun and Moon and I'm like kinda eager to jump on the bandwagon and mm. see how this goes. So yeah. I don't know. But that yeah. said, I do not have it yet. I have not started playing it.
3: Do you all you guys know which starter you're gonna pick if and when you get the game? I'm
4: feeling like spregadito. I really Ooh, I really like okay. him
1: too. I really like him. Yeah, I like and I like that he becomes like grass dark, which I think is like a really cool type combination. Mm. That's yeah. that's cool. I also just
4: love his name. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I feel like it's the most like Spanish name? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean Foy Coco is too kind of. Coco is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's but. happening
3: with Quaxley. Quaxley, yeah. Um, <laughs> um I don't know what's up there. I Quaxley's evolutions are wild i don't know if y'all have seen tiktoks about them but i've been holding (laughs) off oh really (laughs) okay Okay. i won't say any more then. but yeah it's it's resplendent yes Uh, have
4: you encountered any lechonks yet oh yes they're (sighs) everywhere they're they're so (laughs)
3: common and yeah i i got one and i named him hamon um (laughs) i name a lot of my pokemon after food um But, yeah, listen, we don't have to spend too long of a time on this because everything that I could possibly say about this game has been said a million times over (laughs) by, like, millions of people. It runs like shit, like, and I haven't encountered, like, I think the worst of it yet I've heard that it like puts its better foot forward in terms of performance. And as you go, it sort of gets worse and worse. Yeah. Um, Are there any patches out
4: that we, that have been like issued? No. So, and there
3: was, um, (laughs) there was a weird report yesterday where someone posted on Reddit that they had contacted like customer support to be like, Hey, this game runs like shit. And uh, they gave kind of like a canned response that was like, oh, we're not aware of any problems with the game and there are no plans to to patch it, which obviously caused a huge uproar. And then people who like are familiar with customer service and how it works are like, it is likely that that was just a canned response um, given by someone Mm -hmm. like in a call center somewhere. Um, And then there were further reports of people saying, yeah, I contacted customer support and they told me that, like, there have been reports and, you know, like, we'll see, like, what kind of patch gets gets released. But um so far, I don't think that there have been any. But the thing, like, it, it, it is absolutely apparent from the beginning that, like... Unless you are right on top of an NPC, say, like, they are moving at, like, so few frames per second um, that they look like they're stop motion, um, which is probably the most noticeable way. Battling can be sort of buggy, where sometimes you're, like, clipping through the ground. There are... Just like sort of like delays in responsiveness I have found. Um, And and yeah, it's just wild. It also it looks bad. Like (laughs) I said earlier, like horsetails looks better than this Mm. game in a lot of ways where like, you know, the textures are just like repeating patterns Mm. that like it looks like n64 stuff sometimes are you like Um, having
1: fun though are you having a good time yes yeah
3: that's the thing it's like it is actually a lot of fun um i I think the exploration is great the uh, like open worldness of it all and the ability to just kind of like traverse on the back of your motorcycle pokemon Ooh. which is such an absurd and wonderful <sighs> thing mm-hmm. like it all of that is very fun and feels very good i'm not huge on battling and so i do miss um the like arceus approach of just being able to throw a pokeball and hopefully catch the thing without having to battle it Mm -hmm. and i also will say the probably the number one thing that i miss is uh character customization Mm, you get four options for uniforms and then you can like accessorize differently but the uniforms are fugly i'm sorry (laughs) they don't look cute they're not cute they don't don't even have a skirt option let me put on a skirt at least if i'm wearing a school uniform no so
4: lame Yeah. At least in Pokemon Snap, like your photographer looks kind of cute. I don't mean, know if, y- if y'all ever played new Pokemon Snap for the Switch, mm-hmm. but I like, never did. yeah, people look cute in that one. <laughs> yeah yeah and like more recent like uh, sword
3: and shield um there were tons of outfit options and uh same for arceus and so it's just kind of weird that hell x and y had a shitload of outfit options like there was a lot of customization okay so that's actually
4: a comparison Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask about was this versus arceus i skipped out on arceus because i was like deep in elden ring and i was like i cannot Mm -hmm. do two like open world games at the same time so i chose one over the other and people are saying that Arceus like, is better and runs better than yeah. Scarlet Violet. Ooh. That just blows my mind. Also, yeah. to be, they shouldn't be trying to put out a game every five months. That's just yeah. my yeah. hot It's not take. necessary. We it's it's yeah. didn't need another Pokemon game
3: this early. And yeah. like, I, you know, it is it's such a complicated thing to kind of like parse my feelings about a game that is just like inexcusable Mm -hmm. (laughs) in 2022 (laughs) but also has so many great ideas and there's so many cool things going on and i i've heard and i'm only starting to see glimpses of it because i'm so early on but so many people who have like finished the game have like rolled credits or like That is the best story that has ever been in any Pokemon game. So like there there are things that it is doing. And I've seen multiple people say this is my favorite Pokemon game, like longtime fans of the franchise. And so like there's clearly some really good stuff going on in here. And it's a shame that like we can't have both a well running and sort of like polished game for you know, 2022. Yeah. Um, That also is embracing all of these really cool ideas. Yeah. And, you know, I like, I'm not super familiar with this. But my understanding is that like, it is because of these kind of compressed timelines um, that are imposed from on high that that the game is not you know where it could be Mm -hmm. and i think that's a fucking shame Mm -hmm. me to everyone i know capitalism caused this but yeah i mean i like if you're at all interested and if you know performance issues and and things like that are not going to be like deal-breaking for you i do think it's worth checking out and just going in and, and being fully aware of those things but um you know, if you're looking for the good in it, you're going to find some cool stuff. Nice. Hmm.
0: Yeah. As somebody who's like totally outside of the Pokemon sphere, I haven't played. I forgot that I bought Pokemon White when it came out. Um, oh, wow. So the last one I remember playing uh, is probably like Diamond. Um, I like yeah. played all the way through. Um, actually, no, that's a lie because I've never actually finished a Pokemon game. I've like gotten God and then was like, well, why do I need to finish the Pokemon league? I have, I have peaked, like, what's the point? So I would just like run around and catch more Pokemon, whatever. But like, to your point, Kim, of people saying like, this is the the best Pokemon game they've ever played. Like, you're absolutely right that it's like just some C-suite executive just being like, well, we need a a holiday season Pokemon to come out so we can get our end Mm -hmm. of the year push. And it's just like, why, why? I mean like what? There, there's there's no reason other than like we are just trying money. to make money yeah which just like absolutely blows on every single level and the fact that yeah. like the writing and stuff is there <laughs> there period at all or but also like there enough to like be you know the best story I've ever had in a Pokemon game is is just a, it's just a real shame it's just a really a real shame
1: I've seen some people kind of express frustration too in that vein at the fact that like they're probably gonna make more money selling plush toys pokemon go coins Mm -hmm. and all kinds of other stuff than they even are on this game and it's kind of interesting because it's like pokemon when it started in 96 98 depending on where you live in the world was kind of revelatory for being such a big transmedia push like Mm -hmm. you you got the games and then you've got the tv show and Mm -hmm. then you got all the toys and all this stuff and the way it all cards yeah the cards duh and the way it all interrelates but like in a way that almost seems to be holding the series back nowadays because mm-hmm. it's they they have to release it on such a strict schedule because that's what the cards dictate, that's what the anime dictates. And it's kind of sad because it's like, God, I wish they could just come up with new guys and just let those guys exist yeah. without having to put a game out within six months for those guys to exist. Like if if fuekoko and Quaxley and Spurgatito could just exist in a vacuum, I'd be a happy mm-hmm. camper. I don't care if a game doesn't come for two years like if yeah. i could just look at jpegs of those guys i'd be very happy <laughs> yeah well and the internet was very happy
0: doing that for for the
1: last yeah. year or whatever, yeah. right? so it's like it's not like the
0: hype wasn't there or something or they were like exactly. trying to really act on something while it was hot you know strike while the iron was hot or whatever it was just like well it's the end of the year so we need to put something out so we make money exactly it just yeah. fucking blows yeah <sighs> yeah <laughs>
3: anyway that's pokemon that's pokemon my Coco's name is pepito that that's is adorable. so cute that's I adorable that. he's very cute wow. i love him so much wow. he evolved i won't say what he looks like now but it's great <laughs>
1: don't worry about it but it's cute <laughs> don't worry about it
0: uh thank you kim for bringing pokemon to the show
3: you're so welcome
0: Noah, you have a game on here that I'm really interested to hear about. I
1: watched yeah. the
0: trailer for it uh, earlier this week. What'd you tell us about
1: Milk Inside a Bag of Milk Inside a Bag? Yes. Okay. So I played Milk. The full title of this game is Milk Inside a Bag of Milk, Inside a Bag of Milk. And the version that I purchased on the Switch is Milk Inside a Bag of Milk, Inside a Bag of Milk, as well as the game sequel, Milk Outside a Bag of Milk. And. This was, AJ, you mentioned you saw the trailer for it. This was one of the games Mm -hmm. that was featured in the Indie Direct that Nintendo did pretty recently. I did not Mm -hmm. watch that one. I was, like, real busy when it aired. So afterwards, I was just kind of, like, looking at the list of games that was featured and stuff. And this one caught my eye just based on title alone. And then when I watched (laughs) the trailer, I thought it had, like, really cool, spooky-looking vibes This is a series of two visual novels that were directed and mostly developed by a single individual. They're from Russia, and their name is Nikita Kruyukov. I hope I pronounced that right. It's on, like, every console under the sun, and by that I mean, like, at least Steam, iOS, and Switch. But Mm. this game, both games are pretty similar thematically, I would say. You play as an unnamed girl who is suffering from like a litany of mental illnesses or at least issues that she's going through, namely ADHD, it seems like, and some pretty serious anxiety. And that's that's an interesting aspect on its own, especially since at one point the, the girl you're playing as, like not playing as, the girl that is the protagonist, like addresses the player and says like, I don't want to tell you what's wrong with me. I hope that's okay. And it's like, it's... It's wow. sh- yeah, mm. I don't want to... I mean, I, I don't think you can... This is not the kind of game you can spoil. The first game is like a... 15 minute experience the second game is probably like an hour long experience but the ways you don't control the protagonist you kind of you interact Mm. with the protagonist and one way that like the plot of the first game is you are helping her go to the grocery store to buy milk and she's having a real hard time and she is finding comfort in acting as if her life is a video game and treating tasks like video game tasks so in doing that Mm -hmm. you are kind of controlling visual novel style like the voice in her head not in like a strange way but in just like her personal monologue that's going on in her head but sometimes that monologue you have more choice over how you're addressing her sometimes it's like you have a a mean a nice and a different option and other times it's like it gives you one option, and that option is to be an asshole to her, and it's oh it's God. really it's really tough. And like as as somebody who suffered with undiagnosed anxiety for a significant portion of my life and didn't really know what was going on, I I found it kind of moving in a way that like sometimes you don't have the option mm-hmm. to be the nice voice in her head. You you are the mm-hmm. exasperated oh my god why can't you do basic tasks like a normal person type voice Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's got a really beautiful art style the first game is very like eight bit looking with like this really kind of eerie pixel graphics i don't know if either you guys are familiar it gave me big vibes when i saw the trailer and after playing it, it i was confirmed it reminds me a lot of serial experiments lane the the anime that's like very big on uh kind of interrogating what it's like to exist on the internet and how the internet kind of exists with human beings Mm -hmm. this doesn't tackle that stuff thematically it's very much more focused on like anxiety and depression and getting stuff done when you have a lot of executive dysfunction stopping you but it was it was really really good it was like seven or eight dollars on the switch Mm -hmm. and I think it's around the same price on steam and other stuff but I don't know if you're if you're interested in playing a short visual novel that like I don't know if interrogates is the right word but definitely puts you in the headspace of somebody who's dealing with some pretty serious mental illness like it's it's really interesting it was pretty weird games yeah. to play on a plane considering like planes are kind of liminal <laughs> spaces and that game is like yeah. very eerie I'm like listening to this like spooky ambient music in my headphones while they're going up the aisle <laughs> like would you like a cup of water So, yeah, it was it was really good, though. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I picked it up.
3: That sounds like the ideal experience. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. I was uh, really curious about
0: it. You know, when I saw the trailer, I like, I couldn't tell exactly what the vibe is. It's kind of just Mm -hmm. like a trailer for vibes, really. And the vibes are just like it's kind of surrealist horror yeah ish but it doesn't really tell you really what the game is about it just kind of really sets like here is the art style here is kind of the vibe we're dealing with and here is the weird title that is like you know probably more meaningful in in a context so i'm I'm glad to hear that they're both really good now what is the difference between inside a bag of milk
1: and outside a bag of milk are they separate stories or they they they're separate stories but they're connected inside a bag of milk takes place in the morning afternoon you are guiding or going along with this girl to the grocery store to buy milk and then she walks home and the game ends when she gets home and has like this incredibly eerie brief back and forth with her mother Mm. and outside a bag of milk which is really interesting because it there's a lot more you could tell Time—I don't want to say time and money, but like a lot more resources went into outside a bag of milk. It has like anime-style graphics, whereas mm. inside a bag of milk was very like one-bit yeah. graphics, like mm. not not a lot to them. And outside a bag of milk actually starts with like an anime cutscene that retells the story of the first game, which oh, I thought was really cool.
2: Oh, and cool
1: if inside a bag of milk is a visual novel outside a bag of milk is a visual novel with a brief point and click section Mm -hmm. and it's like you you get to click on things and the the protagonist even says at one point like hey last time i pretended my life was a visual novel and it helped me get something done maybe i'll have an easier time cleaning my room up if i pretend it's a point and click adventure game (laughs) so it's it's very fourth wall breaky it's Mm. very interesting but it all takes place over the span of like a day basically okay wow That's,
0: i think it's very it's very cool that the the pov that it puts you as the player in um yeah like you're almost just like a figment of the protagonist's you know imagination yeah. or whatever it's it's very interesting i also
1: i couldn't help or i couldn't stop thinking either about how cool it is that this is something that was included in like the nintendo indie direct like yeah it's it's this very much had the vibe of something that i would have stumbled across on like itch.io yes. late at night or saw saw a weird Tumblr post about it and went and downloaded it. Yeah, that's it. true.
4: Like, it's not like a, a cutesy indie game that yeah, you like. It's not a farming right.
1: sim. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my
4: god, stop. Yeah, It <laughs> It's definitely darker than the average like indie world yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. Way way way
1: boop way, way boop darker. Boop yeah. Boop boop boop. And then, just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know when they put like the like a like fair use guitar sounding <laughs> yeah. cutesy music over the back, and they're yeah. like, "Here's an anime horror game about a girl who wants to kill herself." <laughs> yeah,
3: I <it's> mean, like, yeah, <laughs> oh, I I would love to hear the two hosts try and riff over something (laughs) like this and just absolutely (laughs) whiff it. Oh, man. Whoa. They
1: they must drink milk inside a bag of milk in some other places. This <laughs> game is available now on the Nintendo <laughs> Switch
2: store. Like, yeah.
1: Those are my favorite parts of the Indie Direct, by the way, where, like, oh you can God. tell the hosts don't have any idea what these games are. Yeah. And they're just like, here's, like, ten seconds of a vibe. And quick, a pun. something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. God, it's a cool game, though. Um, I highly recommend checking it out, but I do, I would put some serious content warnings as far as, like, mental illness, sure. self-harm, or... Uh, general spookiness if that's something that you think kind of might inhibit your ability to enjoy it cool thank you
0: tori you've got something here on the list that i'm <laughs> okay kind of equally as excited about
2: i just about. started
4: playing this last night so what, let me just back this up so like okay. there was a point where i started tunic nick a couple days before noah started he was like wait up like wait for me and i was like bet and so i started a run of kingdom hearts final mix i got the kingdom hearts like all in one pack and the ones they always have on sale for like 20 Mm dollars for the ps4 i have that and i i was like i'm gonna do a proud mode run of kingdom hearts final mix that shit is so busted like (laughs) it's so broken Uh i i could not get past traverse town because the heartless like one shot you it is like Mm. it's just it's so unhelpful it is so deeply unhelpful and like i would venture to say like the donald not healing you rng is just like (laughs) worse on proud though he just like never heals you oh my Um, god so I, I was like, okay, fuck this. I'm putting this down. We played Tunic. We beat Tunic. Last night, I pick up Kingdom Hearts again, normal mode. Now I'm just like, I'm just baby-moding this. Like, I'm just trying mm. to enjoy the story and be actually, like, understand the story for the first time <laughs> in my life.
2: <laughs>
4: so I played one, two, three, and bits of the card one in Dream Drop Distance
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, in my lifetime. But I'm still like, what the hell is going on? um so i was like this is, this is just gonna be like my fun run of kingdom hearts and yeah. so mm-hmm. i'm in the tarzan world now um mm-hmm. it's it's fun it's so janky though like um <laughs> i was having some problems with the uh, one boss in particular that you encounter in the alice in wonderland world um it's like I don't know, it looks like a double helix of DNA. It's like this super tall, lanky boss and it shoots Mm -hmm. fireballs out of its arms. (laughs) And the funny thing about this boss is that, so you're Alice in Wonderland, so you've taken, like, the pill that makes you small and and this boss is really tall, lanky. That's part of the challenge. Mm -hmm. You have to, like, platform things. You have to, like, jump off of tables and, like, hit him in midair, mm-hmm. And it's a very, it's a fun part of the challenge. And you, like, shoot magic at him and, and things like that. Mm. The issue is that in my game, I was starting to have some performance issues where, like, I'd no. be standing on top of the table and the table would disappear. <laughs> no! And I was oh, like, <laughs> and it was just it was pretty janky um and i could just never predict what donald and goofy were gonna do which is just part of how these games work but like donald would just run and get killed in like two seconds and i was like (laughs) all right guess it's just you and me goofy and goofy (laughs) would just be like aimlessly hitting at its feet and getting like parry blocked and so basically i just basically the way i managed to cheese this fight is i got goofy to be the distraction I would hit it, and once Goofy and Donald were both dead, I would hide behind the chair when it wasn't disappearing. It would shoot fireballs at the chair instead of me, and then I would jump up off the table if the table was present to hit it. Oh, my
2: God. And this took,
4: like, an hour. This was really some effort. Um, So now I'm doing that. I just love... I love the way this game shows its age. It's, like, kind of hilarious. Mm. I... I got to the part in Tarzan world, like, you wake up in the treehouse, there's a jaguar that attacks you, you just smack it with your keyblade, and then Tarzan appears, and you're like, Riku, Donald, help me find my friends. He's like, friends. And um, (laughs) there's a part where he jumps, he's supposed to jump off the treehouse into the bush, and instead of, like, I'm I'm bending my arm here, like, arc jumping, hopping, Mm -hmm. he does, like... (laughs) He jumps like this and goes. Eh. He just like was, not moving 3D his limbs, just, up. like hovers. Yeah, the three miles just hovers oh, off into the distance. Oh my it's god! It's like go find tart Wow! <laughs> it's oh, like oh so my funny. god! Uh,
1: uh, it that's it's funny plans. you said that. It's showing its age though, because like I don't remember. Maybe this is just like rose-colored kid glasses speaking, but like I don't remember those games being particularly buggy on the PS2. So I wonder if that's like.
4: Dude, I don't know if it's rose-colored glasses or the quote unquote remaster or import to the mm. ps4 just like yeah. sucks really bad
2: yeah
4: it's possible um, it's yeah. possible. <laughs> but yeah it, it's a lot of fun it's i love how i just i love the mess it's a fun mess um mm.
0: do you think you're gonna play all the way through again like I series? think
4: so well not the whole i don't know about the whole series that's okay. a commitment <laughs> um i'm gonna play this game and see what i feel about it Mm-hmm. I actually never finished three, so now I'm like I really want to get mm-hmm. back into it. Mm-hmm. So I I'm kind of this might be like a a year or two long project where I like play a Kingdom Hearts game like once every six months. Sure, and I like give myself so I cannot marathon this. That would just be too yeah. much.
3: Yeah. For yeah, right. That for sounds me like a personally.
4: lot. But. Um, god these these cuts i just love the cut scenes like there's so many compilations of like oh, out yeah. of context kingdom hearts cut scenes <laughs> and they're just so great um yeah. so i'm I'm getting ready for that that's pretty yeah. much all i have to say about it i literally just started like last night so.
0: yeah i played um my first kingdom hearts game was chain of memories on my game boy advance <sighs> Um, oh, what? And I loved it. Honestly, maybe that's yeah. a hot take, but I've heard a lot of people. No you know, one
4: likes that game. Remember I know. The card and game I, sucks. I had a great time
0: with it on my game boy. So I don't know if it was just like a, a place, like when it was ported to console, it lost some of its charm because they like made it look like all of the other, yeah. you know, like when you're playing on the game boy, it basically just looks like mega man battle network, but you
1: have, yeah, it has know, beautiful sprite work. it has great game sprite boy. work. It's, um, it's awesome. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so, so I played that, you know, when it came, out in, like, 2004 or something. Uh, and then in college, early in college, me and my my girlfriend at the time played through the first two, or at least, like, the, the whole first one and then, like, half of the second one. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember any like bug stuff uh like, so i do think it probably is just like the whatever data files they had at uh, sony hq they were like yeah let's just put this on a disc see what happens um, yeah but uh those games are the, the vibes of those games i think are like perfect for a six month spaced out playthrough <laughs> you know
2: what i mean yes,
0: yeah. it's yes, like yeah. you, you go back you, and you got, eat like yeah, a big,
4: microdose kingdom hearts you yeah, it's it too like, hard.
0: <laughs> microdosing is is great i was gonna say you're just like eating a big bag of candy once every six months i'm <laughs> just like i don't really care i'm just kind of shoveling it in whatever but microdosing is actually much funnier mm-hmm. so i'm i'm excited to <laughs> your, your journey through uh through this and the rest of it
1: on uh on the show but uh kim do you have yeah. any experience with the kingdom hearts games or is
3: this not, like is
1: this greek to
0: you not
3: an ounce of experience not at all okay, okay okay yeah so you're such a disney person yeah but part of the reason this podcast even exists is that Uh, there was like a 20 year time frame where i didn't play video games between the ages of like not, not that long probably more like 15 years but like from the time that i was like a preteen to when i was 25 i yeah did not touch a video game so there's a lot of gaps in my knowledge and that is Mm. one of them
1: Hmm. interesting
3: i
4: would love to to hear you uh, experience kingdom hearts
3: (laughs) yeah you
1: gotta stream these
3: games or something i I would watch the hell out of that
4: maybe someday we'll do it on the show
0: yeah I'm writing Kingdom Hearts down
3: book yeah day. there you go
2: um, it is
4: so funny though playing this game on um, like with such modern hardware like I'm mm-hmm. playing this PS4 version ported onto my PS5 <laughs> with, like a nice on like a nice TV and I just yeah. see like the chunky polygon art of like the Danny DeVito guy from Hercules being yeah, like I was be be a, say, be a real <laughs> hero yeah and I was gonna I'm say like, does the
0: game benefit at all from being up so many times no <laughs>
4: I just see like, I just see Tarzan hovering in like my 4K TV. (laughs) I'm just like, this is exactly how God intended Keenan Mars. Yeah, that
3: that sounds like an incredible experience, to be honest. You are selling me on this.
1: I wish I could travel back in time to, like, 1997 Tetsuya Nomura and be like, oh my god, sir, I'm such a big fan of your work, especially the game where Cloud Strife and Tarzan hang out. I've been playing it on my 4K television. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Incredible. Um, Thank you,
0: Tori, for bringing that to the show. uh, Ah. It was lovely. Um, Now... The way that this show's been working for the past three weeks is we would transition now into our quote unquote main game or main games. Yeah. Um which is like the reason we invited these specific people onto the show usually. Um today
1: <laughs> <laughs> been a little loosey-goosey. <laughs> yeah, we're kind
0: of stretching the the term game. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Uh, due to a semi joke, uh, that Kim put in our, our planning document. Do yeah. You give us a little background.
3: Um, so, uh, <laughs> as a, as a goof. So I was like many people, uh, one of the, the millions who stayed up the night of, um, October 20th, 2022 mm-hmm. to listen to Taylor Swift's midnights at midnight when it dropped Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the very same time, Carly Rae Jepsen's The Loneliest Time dropped, as we discussed yeah. at the beginning of uh, the episode. And I think it was shortly after that that we were formulating this idea. And so I put <laughs> mm-hmm. the idea to do synchronous episodes for, uh, for the next couple of months. So I put taylor swift's midnights on our list of games to talk about as a joke um and then aj shared that list with all the guests um (laughs) without removing taylor swift's midnights because i failed to tell them that it was a joke
0: well Um, in in the 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 sheet to be fair you said midnights in parentheses with tori and noah
3: oh yeah Because y'all and were we tweeting were, about yeah. it, y'all were in the trenches <laughs> yes. with me at midnight. We were yeah. tweeting about uh, which was y'all's three a.m. I think, or was it was it mm. midnight your time and nine my time? It was midnight our time, I
4: believe. Okay, so but yeah, I dropped in nine for me. that privilege, you know? Yeah,
3: <laughs> <It's true>. yeah <laughs> Eastern time
4: privilege. Um, so, so
3: you were among the people on my feed live tweeting your thoughts about uh, this album, and so I was like, well, that's the perfect thing to discuss with them, uh, and now here we are um <laughs> and i have to tell me you
0: reaping me sewing yeah me,
3: exactly um <laughs> and uh yeah so i guess like general thoughts about this album i didn't like it that much okay. <laughs> um, that's fair uh, it's like it wasn't bad, but it's just I so I was like sort of mildly into Pop Taylor uh, back in the day. And um, like I I was not like a super fan, but I really liked 1989, whatever. And then the pandemic hit and Folklore and Evermore mm. came out. And oh, yeah, mm, it was Sad Girl Autumn. And it was like those albums were so fucking good. Mm-hmm. and like so of the moment and i was like i can't like i i it's it i'm taylor pilled
0: can never go back
3: i can never go back taylor Pills, yeah. Uh, yeah and so i i was anticipating this album coming out um and then she went back to pop taylor and i was like you know what i think i'm a folk taylor girl i think that mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. the like i don't think any of the songs are bad. It's just like nothing grabbed me the way that those
4: albums did. Yeah. Um, Can we just all state our relationship to Taylor yes. Swift? Yeah. Year? Like, so you went. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go,
1: Noah? Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm a recent convert to enjoying Taylor Swift's music. Um, when I was a kid, my little sister was really into her, and so for me, as like a, I'm a, I'm a masculine teenage boy. <laughs> it was very yeah. like, it was very like, this is the thing my sister likes, so it's cringe, and. <laughs> Dur- during the pandemic a very close friend of mine from college started this thing that he called his music club and it was it was basically like a book club but we listened to like an album once a week and then we would all get on That's and so talk about cool. it on zoom for hours that on rules. it I love that and it was like such a great way to like stay in touch with people and I I like made some really great friends through doing that because he took as an opportunity to like ram three different friend groups mm-hmm. together but one of the things we did like a, a year plus into doing this was taylor swift's entire discography front to back and it was like it was one part a ploy to get new people involved in this and also like evermore had just come out everybody was talking about it we were like fuck it let's just dive right into this and so i found myself like really kind of enjoying the nostalgia of listening to these albums that i had like gotten really irritated that (laughs) we kept the cd in my mom's car (laughs) so that my sister could just like listen to speak now over and over and over again (laughs) but like I kind of found a newfound love for this artist who like i do think she's a little overrated i i don't think everything she touches is gold but like i really do think she's a really good songwriter so i i also really like reputation too so like i don't know what that says that about is me, so as, like, a spicy yeah <laughs> um so yeah when this album came out like i won't say i had i didn't have like a ton of like anticipation leading up to it my my girlfriend is like a way bigger swifty than i am but i was like i'm gonna listen to it i'll see how i feel about it and like i really enjoyed the shades of like reputation that came through on it but i will say all in all i found it to be like fine i was like Mm. yeah this is all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i think i end up
0: where you are Noah of thinking like, yeah, this is fine. It's, you know, but, yeah. um, my history with it is like way less. I would say sometime in like 2016 or 17, I had a friend be like, you know, 1989 is actually a really good album. And so I said, okay, yeah. I'll listen to it because this was the same friend who told me, you know, Kylie Ray Jepsen actually bangs. I was like, okay, yes. well yeah. I have to trust this friend now. Yeah. Good um, opinions. <laughs> yeah. And like, 1989 was, it was fine. It was good. It was, it's yeah. not my specific like want for pop music mm-hmm. you know um it's no emotion for what it's it, yeah it's no emotion but what what is yeah, um, that's true. That's true. but it is it, it's a very specific kind of like i don't know i don't want to say radio friendly like it's a it's a bad thing but it is like a very radio friendly pop music um yeah but you know it's that's not bad that's just is that just is mm-hmm. what it is that's that's the kind of music she makes uh the kind of pop music she makes um but like kim In, you know, when in the pandemic, when Folklore and Evermore came out, I was like all in for those albums. Like Sufjan Stevens is one of my favorite artists. Hmm. Um, And there are like shades of Sufjan Stevens, shades of Bon Iver. I mean, Justin Vernon's literally on the album. Uh, So so I love Folklore and Evermore. And then, you know, my partner and I, well, we were already dating at that point, but my partner wasn't super into Taylor Swift until like. I would say maybe like a year and a half ago, she finally came to terms with the fact that she she is and has been a Swifty for like (laughs) four years or something. She just like never Mm -hmm. was, was comfortable putting the label on it. Um, But she really went all in, in the last like year and a half. So then when this album came out, we did the same thing, stayed up till midnight. And then just like, (laughs) we, we, we didn't share headphones, but we sat next to each other in in bed and hit play at the same time. And then listened to the whole thing. uh, And then went to sleep. But, and like, yeah like like i said and and like noah said it's just like it's it's fine like there's some stuff in here that i really like there's some stuff in here that i like really don't like i'll say (laughs) this because of noah's spicy take that reputation's really good it's like i think reputation is like so close to being really good and is just kind of hampered by some of the like i don't know heavy handedness of of yeah. some of the like genres that she's trying to ape um yeah. and and it just like doesn't really work for me uh in, mm-hmm. in that way but yeah so that's that's my tori where do you uh come <laughs> right. into this? so
4: yeah i think i i might be the only one who could say this I was a huge fan of Taylor Swift as a child. Nice. Like I grew up, so this is, I was living in West Virginia and in Texas from like 2005 to 2010, which is Mm -hmm. like critical Taylor Swift years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is like Fearless, Speak Now, her first albums. All the country girls were loving her. All the country (laughs) girls were curling their hair the Mm -hmm. most obnoxious ragdoll curls and the cowboy boots and the sundresses Mm -hmm. just like her. Mm -hmm. She was my first concert. Fearless oh, wow. was my first concert. Wow! Wow! Holy shit. So like core childhood memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, her first three albums, like Live Rent Free, in my head constantly.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, and then when she shifted to pop, I remember being like, I don't like this. Like I like Yee mm. Yee Taylor. Mm. But then mm-hmm. I really liked 1989. <laughs> yeah. She kind of she kind of came into her own in like that 2012 twee sort of mm. hipstery, but like in the pop way, yeah. and she she did something good there. And then in college, she became, like, unpopular. People like uh, Taylor. She's like a snake or whatever with, like, reputation mm-hmm. and lover. And I just, like, kind of fell off. But then the pandemic brought me back to her. because guess folklore sounded dangerously close to teenage country Taylor, but more grown up. <laughs> yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is good. Yes. Like the song Betty. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, yeah. she's got the sauce. Yeah, yeah, real she's country the roots the sauce, in that one, yeah. But she has returned to the sauce. <laughs>
1: And those those <laughs> albums really are in a way like the the Pokemon evolution version yeah. of like like. Yeah. Um, of, also, God. that song
4: that song no love or no crime, which is just like goodbye Earl, but yeah. like twenty twenty. Yes, bros. Yeah. Those albums are fire. They're Holy so. I've always loved Taylor Swift. I had a poster of her in my room as a child. Just adored her. I still kind of adore her. I had the perfume. My first perfume as a young teenager was the enchanted speak now perfume. Oh my
1: god. Oh my god. So yeah. it's just
4: deep for me. Came into this album being like, okay, so it's definitely not gonna be folklore anymore. And my, I I have some thoughts. I I told you guys earlier today that I listened to this album in the shower. It was a very long shower. (laughs) I listened to this album in the shower and I wrote down my notes app, like a thought about every single song, but here's my overall. So overall seven out of 10. This is 1989, but she's in her 30s. It's 1989, mm-hmm. yes. but she's got a 401k and knows what <laughs> wine she likes instead of drinking whatever <laughs> shitty beer the guy she's yes. dating is known yes. into. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, let's
1: be real. Taylor Swift has enough money. She was oh, yeah, never drinking yeah. shitty I'm beer. I'm just saying... She was like, never drinking... Sh- just, it, sh- her those hands have never touched a PBR. <laughs> yeah. Like.
4: Yeah, Well, I think it's, it's like the, the people she's making music for have yeah. now, now... I actually said in one of these lines... This is music for Bath and Body Works Rewards members.
0: Fuck. Wow. Oh wow. my god. I am
4: one. That is... Wow. That is so perfect and so specific. And before we get into this, because a lot of people are like, oh, you're criticizing this, like, you're being misogynistic, and it's like, I live in the suburbs, I go to Target <laughs> once a week, I got married at 23, like, I'm one of y'all. Like, I
3: can yeah. say this. <laughs> the Target audience.
4: Yeah, Bath and Body this.
1: Works Rewards member, etc. Oh,
4: yeah. Um, I also said, uh, let's see, she oscillates between trying to be cool and being sincere. Yeah. Swift is at her best when she is sincere. I don't like yes. when she tries to be a cool girl. Mm-hmm. So,
3: so true. Yes. Mm-hmm.
4: My thoughts on this was she is trying to find her footing post folklore, post trying to remaster all her albums that like the rights got basically stolen from. hmm. And this is where she's landed and where she has landed is a grown up
2: 1989.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Which is how I feel. There are definitely shades of reputation. It's like vigilante shit. Hate that song. Yeah. Did not not enjoy that album. (laughs) Not good. Um, I put, this is peak cringe Swift. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. As you described, it's her trying to
3: be cool. It's her trying. I don't
4: like it. I I also, can I just say as someone who was raised very religious, I know that she was raised religious. She says "fuck" like her mom is in the room.
0: Oh my God, <laughs> and
4: I know what that feels like.
0: Oh my
3: God! I saw someone. I wow. think it might have been uh, Will, friend of the show, and yeah. um, it, he tweeted that night. It's like Taylor Swift just discovered the word "fuck." Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it's. It, there are some songs and vigilante shit is the perfect example where she is just trying so hard and the the mm, best songs yeah. are the ones that are effortless for her and i think that's mm-hmm. that's part of why folklore and evermore i think hit so hard yeah. for me personally yeah. she's is like on her, on her so, new
4: england girly shit like she's wearing yes. a flannel yes. yeah she's yeah. so
3: in her element and not not trying to target something. She's just doing what she is so good at it. I, I yeah. agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I
0: th- I think a lot of the reason that reputation works so well in, on some levels, is because like that whole album is what vigilante shit is for this album, but it's the entire yes. thing. So it's like she's putting yes. on a character for the entire runtime mm-hmm, of the album, yeah. which is kind of fun. But when you yeah. try and do it for just a single song in this album, yeah. it's like she like mm. steps out.
4: The best I can describe it is like she briefly put on a Catwoman costume and then <laughs> yeah. took it off after one song. I was yeah. like, all right, yeah, okay. it's just
1: like feels weirdly out of place. It's like ah, okay, Kim, were you expecting expecting or at least hoping that the next album that she made was going to sound more like the folklore evermore stuff because i was kind of thinking like all that is gold cannot stay like <laughs> she's not gonna stick with this yeah
3: i mean i think i i didn't know what to expect um because a i feel like it was sort of like under wraps what what the sound was yeah. going to be for a while and b i was just like not that plugged in mm-hmm. so i i truly had no idea what to expect from it i was sort of like hoping for more of that i don't think i was like confident i was gonna get it but i i went in sort of just like let's see what this is about i i mean the thing too that that really struck me and like i am not like a expert on music or music production or anything like that but the jack Antonoff stink on this album is so no. strong for me dude <laughs> and i was I, I like, I like, I, I, like i listened to a lot of lord in you know 20 whatever mm. when that was like you know her heyday so like i you know i loved melodrama i'm not trying to like knock on that it just doesn't feel all that fresh today to me yeah.
1: I want to go to his house and delete that snare sound effect. Yeah, uh,
3: I want to hear it again.
4: Can I? Let me just see where I have mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, Go back to your
1: notes app and where I have mentioned.
4: Lord, mastermind, the album closer. I said this has supercut energy. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let me see where
4: else. Maroon, the the guitar and vocal delivery is giving Lord pure heroin. Yep. Yep. You're on your own kid. Oh, question. I have heard this song on melodrama before. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, I, uh, I've i mentioned this several several times. She should collab with Lord, like, f- yeah. like Antonov Free. Like just yeah. the two of them. I want to hear it. I did list, I don't want to go down every single song because that's just a lot. <laughs> but I,
1: Tori just held her phone up to the camera and it's the longest notes app <laughs> you know, you've ever seen.
4: Uh, I have a list of best songs and worst songs. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Best songs maroon anti-hero snow on the beach sweet nothing sweet nothing i will roast snow on the beach a little bit i said this is this is cute but this song will be used in a radio ad for myrtle beach during christmas time about <laughs> 10 years from now <laughs> oh,
2: oh that's shit. great <laughs> Whoa.
4: But it's cute. I like the the. It's like a a Lana Del Rey song that you would feel comfortable playing around your mm-hmm. mom. That's not talking about fucking someone's dad. <laughs> yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like snow on the beach. It's just it's just yeah. cute. Well, twinkle yeah. twinkle, it's nice. Yeah, um, maroon is nice. I like the vocals on it. I said, still cannot get over Taylor Swift saying fuck. Um, yeah. Hero, i said Hero, my favorite song in this in this album mm-hmm. this is fun self-deprecation which is quintessential taylor swift she yes. thinks yes. everyone hates her just like me for real
2: <laughs> <laughs> and She's then, like then
4: underneath it i said what the fuck is a sexy baby
1: yeah nice. i've been wondering that too i feel like we're not talking enough about I, what a sexy yeah baby okay is. Small,
3: people asking first of all (laughs) antihero so catchy totally on board such a good tiktok song a great tiktok song sexy baby i totally know what she was going for with that i know exactly
4: i know what she was going for but it
3: just yeah i know what she's trying to say but it's not a good song lyric babe take it out take Take it out out. that's first draft stuff (laughs) um but here we are
0: I would uh-huh. say, uh, Noah, you brought up, uh, I mean, you asked him like what you thought or what she thought the sound of the album might have been. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to say from the marketing of this album, I was expecting some sort of like Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks. like
4: 70s. When I saw. Yeah. The promos for this album It looked very 70s. The music video for Antihero is very 70s. Yes. When I saw yeah. this album and I saw Jack Antonoff, my first thought was it's going to be Claro's Sling, which is an album yes. that I fucking yes. love.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: That's when there were
4: albums of all time. I was like, it's going to be Sling, but Taylor Swift, I want it. I need yeah. it. It was 1989 with like some bell bombs. And that was yes. like, yes, hundred percent,
0: a hundred percent. I was devastated when it didn't have a lick yes. of, uh, of like, I just keep saying Fleetwood Mac, but that was just I, like all I was getting from the marketing.
3: I would have eaten... A Stevie Nicks Taylor Swift album for breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, snack. Like, oh, I want that so badly now. And I feel like that would be like
0: a perfect
1: progression from out of Mm -hmm. like folklore evermore.
3: Folklore, yes, yeah. To adult Taylor, and that's
1: what's so frustrating from like a production standpoint too. When you hear Jack Antonoff clicking on like the same effects he was (laughs) using for her on like Reputation and Mm -hmm. Lover. It's like, you know, he can do different sounds Mm -hmm. like all of the Lana Del Rey albums don't sound like that. Sling didn't sound like that. Mm -hmm. And people loved Sling. And it's yeah, it's very frustrating that rather than trying to do something new from a production style, we've kind of lapsed back into what taylor swift sounded pre-covid before yeah, yeah. yeah it, before those it two hours like
4: he kind of phoned it in um i do want to shout out the worst songs uh one of we just talked oh, about vigilante shit yeah i said the cat eye line i don't like yeah, when taylor swift sounds like she thinks she's cat woman um <laughs> i said this is a fun song if i have a few drinks she has graduated mm. from sad ex-girlfriend songs to ex-wife songs, which makes sense. Mm. Yes,
1: um, it does.
4: I said there are better divorced energy Taylor Swift songs, No Body, <laughs> No Crime. And then yeah. I also said her her anger is better when it's country anger. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't like top anger. Yeah, no, it sounds I don't know, kind of try hard. And then I just want to shout out another bad song on this album, which is Karma, purely because <laughs> really? of the lyrics. Uh, oh, there is yeah. one lyric that says, "Karma is like a cat purring in my lap because it loves me."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said,
4: "Me and Karma vibe like that is another lyric I said, and I said, um, yeah. "Is this a Jaden Smith tweet?" It's, it's a bop though. I it's like, fun that. to listen
1: to, it's but it's yeah. <laughs>
4: i um God, that's so
3: funny i did have one note about karma which is i don't know if y'all saw um someone on uh tiktok did a cover but uh they instead of saying karma is my boyfriend they said kermit is my boyfriend Nice, uh, oh, I uh, and i kermit. i sing that to myself a lot so it's a catchy tune yeah it's just yeah. the lyrics yeah. are not good i would yeah. also yeah another note that i have here um about mastermind also tiktok related that the girl i wrote the girls who do this trend on tiktok ought and frighten me like biblical angels um i don't know (laughs) if anybody's seen that tiktok trend yes but yeah it's like girls explaining like the elaborate means by which they wooed their boyfriends and i oh yeah i respect the energy immensely but it is like you have too much power
4: yeah they're like first i exerted my pheromones and mm-hmm. then i looked <laughs> up his birth record. yes and then like it's just like like it's one of those like i hate to sound like like one of those like reddit people but it's like if a man this if a man did this he'd be in jail it's just fucking weird. Yes, he should be yeah. Yeah. yeah he should be yeah yeah kim
0: this is kind of um not to get too niche or specific this is kind mm-hmm. of like that episode of normal gossip uh-huh. um where the one friend starts dating the podcaster. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it is like that.
0: Uh, that's the mastermind energy there. If you know, you know. If you don't, you should listen to that episode. I'll yeah, it I'll like listen to notes, Normal Gossip. It's a great yeah,
3: show.
4: I did note that Mastermind has one cringe lyric that was "No one wanted to play with me as a little kid." I said, "Sounds sincere, reads as cringe."
1: We also know this is not true. Have you seen pictures of the house Taylor Swift grew up in? People definitely wanted to play with her. Like, yeah,
4: <laughs> I, I think she just needs to acknowledge that she is she grew up rich. Like, I want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I that's why I love folklore. She's like on her yeah. like New England. Like, I dated a yeah. Kennedy heiress shit i'm like yeah now you're really talking
3: i live in a little house house of a literal heiress like i bought that because i am taylor swift and i have a lot of fucking money and we all know it's true yeah in
1: 2022 i have such a hard time listening to like very rich people be like my life was so hard when I was a kid, and it's really hard now. And it's like, yes, but you have more money than God, and mm-hmm. you fly to and from one side of L.A. on oh any given God. day in your
3: private jet. <laughs> <shed. laughs> yeah. yeah, let's take a moment to acknowledge <laughs> that Taylor <laughs> yes. Swift
4: is when she starts to so making songs about private jets. <laughs> yeah. I, will, I will be honest. <laughs>
1: Yes. She starts singing about her contribution to the ozone hole.
4: <laughs>
2: there we go. There we go.
1: Kim, were you also in the trenches trying to get tickets to the Eras tour? Uh,
3: absolutely or? not. But I feel for everyone no. who tried. Did anyone on this call? Yeah. Well, I know Tara did, right, AJ?
0: Yes. My partner, Tara, got three tickets. Yeah.
4: I briefly tried and I saw that a ticket for the Tampa show was, I saw one ticket was $4,800. She's so And off. I was like, good night. No.
0: What the fuck?
4: And then Absolutely I instead not. went and bought a pair of more tickets that were far yeah. more reasonably priced. Yeah. Nice, probably
1: be a better show
0: too. That's for the thing. Honest. I don't. But and I,
4: then also I've seen her. I've seen her twice. She is very yeah. good. Okay, yeah. she is. Yeah, if you if you can see her, she's great. She's theatrical. She has costume changes. Mm-hmm. The Speak Now tour. She literally hired the same costumer. Who did the costumes for Wicked on Broadway? Holy fuck! (laughs) Okay, fucking amazing. Fucking around, Taylor. Like Taylor Swift shows are like a experience, but I've already experienced it. I don't need to experience it again. Yeah, yeah. So I'm seeing Paramore. So that'll be fun
0: and I think this leads me to my final point here actually is uh, my final thoughts with this album and kind of everything surrounding it the Ticketmaster shit included and the, yeah. the tour and the four albums and uh, the, the four uh, LPs I, I mean that you would need to buy to get the full set but you also have to get the target yeah. one so you get the exclusive track I think all of this stuff the references back to the previous albums with certain sounds literally being like pulled from speak now and fearless and stuff and being put into songs here um, for the purpose of being Used to mix it in in the tour. This whole album and everything surrounding it. I am of the opinion she is going to do this. She's going to tour this album for two years or whatever it is, and then disappear. She is going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars from this. I mean, she's already made millions from the album alone. She's going to make several more millions from the 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 stadium tour, and then any like live album she might put out. And then I think she's going to get married. I think or. Not get married. I think she's already married to Joe Alwyn, right? Are they married? No, no, just long term
4: partners. Just long term. Yeah.
0: So I think they're gonna either get married or continue being partners, whatever they're going to have a kid. Yeah. They're going to, you know, do whatever. And then in five years, she's
1: going to show up with a toddler and be like, hi, I'm back. Yeah. And then yeah. she'll do like a vampire weekend style. That album they made. Like they Molly came back. Alman, and Ezra Koenig Yeah. Was yeah. like, I'm a dad now. Yeah, yes. exactly.
0: Yeah. I, I, that, that is what I think the trajectory of this album is, is to just make as much money as humanly fucking possible. <laughs> so she can disappear yeah. for as long as she wants Uh, And then reemerge with a mommy album. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. A mommy album, a divorce album. Yes. Divorce albums are hit or miss though. Like Adele. Yeah. That Mm. one was weird. Did y'all ever listen to that? There's a song on that track where she's literally talking to her kid about her divorce, and it's, the kid sounds like Peppa Pig, and it's really fucking weird. Oh, (laughs) Oh, strange. She's like, Daddy and I can't live together anymore. And the kid's like, why? And it's like, 20 years from now, that kid's gonna really need to unpack this track. This is really weird.
1: Is the kid getting royalties from
0: that, do you think?
4: I don't know. I hope so. I hope so.
1: You remember when Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow divorced, and then he was like, "You want to be uncoupled. on a, you want to yeah. be on a track on my next album, where we can unpack our divorce together?" <laughs> that was so wild. God. That was so wild. I don't think I was aware of that. <laughs> it was pretty that that was like that's like in the the coldplay wilderness as i've started calling it mm-hmm. where like the albums i stopped liking the albums they just
4: kept coming everything after yeah. milo xylozo i'm like huh
1: yeah exactly yeah. and then they just kept coming out and then i'll like blink and wake up and it'll be like did you know chris martin had bts on a track and i'm like stop stop
2: <laughs> i go to sleep it's like it's like, I can't I can't like it <laughs> collabs <at> this point. <laughs> Like have I have Goku on there next time. Yeah, get Captain
0: like,
1: America on the next Coldplay, yeah. Holy Pitch shit. Pitchfork breaking Rick and Morty are in the new Coldplay
2: album. <laughs> like, stop, oh
1: I can't, God. I can't do it anymore.
0: Fucking Christ. <laughs>
1: Uh, i love video games i love video (laughs) games
0: uh
1: i love video games too
0: yeah uh that's does anybody else have anything to say about taylor swift's midnights or uh should we should
1: we end the show
4: we should Um, probably put a pin in it i think
1: in order to have the last word i think my final thought is that aj like you said what makes reputation work is that it's earnest and it's Taylor knows she's being kind of cringe by saying "Look what you made me do" and mm. that kind of shit. And then I think that earnestness kind of carries into Lover, except it's a cringe album, and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> and because <laughs> like there's a whole earnest song on there about how much she likes British boys. So I'm right. Like, stop, stop, yeah. Stop, stop That's right too much. I'm Getting off the bus.
2: Getting yeah. off the bus. Yeah. But
1: then like like Folklore and Evermore, very earnest. Mm. This album is sort of earnest sort of not and i think it's fine so that's my final that's my final thought kim do you have any closing thoughts on this album this Uh, This was your
3: baby uh when you said it's fine that really spoke to me
4: um i also agree it's fine yeah it's fine (laughs) yeah
0: Uh, well, Tori and Noah, thank you both so much for coming on the show and maybe helping us make one of our most experimental products to date. Absolutely. Uh,
4: thank you go. so there much. This <laughs> is the reputation of, of this. <laughs> yes. If
1: there's anything the two of us are good at, it's derailing something that has an established form. <laughs> um,
3: oh, we'd love that. Oh, thank yeah. you so much.
1: Yeah. Do you want
0: to give us a, a, another quick pitch for Prestar? Tell us where they can find you online. As that gets harder and harder.
4: <laughs> yeah. So you can find Noah and I both at Twitter. On Twitter, um, I'm at Tori underscore as underscore always. And Noah's at Noah underscore hurts, H U T R S, like he is in pain. Nope,
1: no, H U R T S. You almost had it.
4: <laughs> almost had it. And then you can find <laughs> us on it. our podcast on Twitter at press underscore start pod. That is one word. And Noah, want to take the rest?
1: Yeah, I think that's I, honestly. I think you you hit pretty much everything. Like we said at the beginning, we we cover gaming news. We cover. I think we have an especial focus on uh, labor issues in the industry and stuff that is incredibly upsetting to listen to. <laughs> and we also kind of talk at length about what we're playing. We bring guests on the show and all kinds of stuff. So. Mm. I think uh, I think it's a it's a good time. We didn't exactly talk as much about video games this episode <laughs> as we typically do. But, you know, we use the we use playing as a very loose verb over on our side, too. So, yeah, give us we're, we're available wherever podcasts live. And I'm sure there's links to it in the description, too. Yeah. So you got uh you got a Mastodon yet? You on the Fediverse? Not on Mastodon. <laughs> no. I'm on co host. Mm. Uh and I'm not sure how long I'll be on co host, but I, I kinda like its vibes. Uh Tori, have you have you moved over to any different social medias yet or
4: I reactivated my Instagram. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, I post stories on there. Nice. And it's just huh. it's nice. I don't have to be yeah. like witty or like try.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. I just like
4: post a picture of my cat and it's like, what like, you know, yeah. that's just yeah low effort i did hosting.
1: i did save the same url we use for twitter but as a tumblr blog but i haven't done anything with it for the show yet so yes. i don't know if, if you want Maybe. that key to you could have it <laughs> 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 if
2: you, if we'll you want the
1: key to that kingdom it's all
2: yours <laughs> <laughs> we'll see uh
0: links to tori No and press Start stuff will all be in the show notes as well uh thank you as always to scout wilkinson for making our spectacular cover art Uh, I love looking at it and I will just keep saying that until I come up with something more interesting to say about it in the future (laughs) thank you also to Amaranthan for our intro and outro music Uh, they are a joy to work with you should check out his stuff both of their links are in the show notes below if you would like to join the community discord the worstgarbage.online link is at the bottom of the show notes actually it's not at the bottom of the show notes anymore because the bottom of the show notes now has a list of all the chapter markers in the show so if you don't if your podcatcher does not in embed the chapter markers into your player you can actually check the show notes and you can skip around that way I should have said that at the beginning but I didn't but there it is so anyway right before the chapters you can find the worst garbage dot online that'll take you to a list of all the shows on the network as well as a link to the community discord the show is on twitter at acing pod is also on tumblr at acing pod I am on twitter at aj Feleri, and tumblr at not aj Feleri.
3: I'm on Twitter and Tumblr at okimmies.
0: Uh, And that's going to do it for us today. Tori Noah, thank you once again for coming on the show.
3: Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having of us. Of course. Thank uh, you.
0: And Kim, what are your final words for us today?
3: Um, just remember that your music should always match the mood of the horse and rider pair. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. I'll see, see you next week, everybody.
3: Bye. Um uh, I'm sorry Ringo is so active right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he knows it's what it's podcast you, time.
3: Doing? Yeah, he's excited. Yeah. About dressage. Um I should train him to do that. Anyway, oh my God. uh
4: is it possible to train a dog It's gotta be, right?
3: It's gotta be. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be riding him. He's 12 pounds, but... um, Yeah. If you can learn learn agility training, you can learn
0: dressage. It's basically the same thing.
3: For sure. Um...